Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. We are Sports Take. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Gunner, man, what's going on? Nothing, man. You know, it's funny. Uh, baseball players, I understand they do need time off, especially when they play long stretches of games and when they travel from one point to the other. Yeah. But it was like a void, like a void was missing yesterday. After that series with the Padres, it was like like this gap that needed to be filled, you know? Um, I agree. So, Glad I have a hard time when they don't play, man. How, how I know. I know. So I'm glad they're back tonight. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was like it, in one breath, it was nice to have that gap to breathe and to focus on a few other things, but it was also like I'm missing something. Yeah, it, it's you know, something in your daily repertoire that you gotta have, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm excited they're back. They have the Brewers tonight, uh, which sets up to be a really good series. Milwaukee's played much better baseball. Uh, of late and they can throw some arms at you, you know, that's for sure. So Phillies come in here, they're a half game back of the wild card and Milwaukee has now vaulted to first place in the central Milwaukee's yep. 52 and 42. They're two up on the reds uh, gunner reds have lost four straight. They've come back to earth a little bit. Milwaukee's won four straight Phillies of course have won three straight seven of their last 10 Phillies are 41, uh, 51 and 42. So this is, 
this is a good matchup tonight. And you get Aaron Nola on the mound, who we just never know from start to start what you're going to get. Hard to figure out this this Brewers team, man. They're, they're not a they're not a heavy hitting team, but yet they're what twelve games over five hundred something like that. Pitch. They can pitch. They got pitching, mm-hmm. but you know it's like, how in the world can you be minus eight in, in a run differential and ten games over five hundred? We were talking about Miami. Look at Miami. Miami's ten games over five hundred. They're minus twelve in a run differential. The same thing. So, they got weird pitching. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing ever. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But if you look at if you look at the Brewers and and what's kind of gotten them uh you know going, so to speak. And by the way, they're not a bad road team either, uh the Brewers, no. but, uh, which is also something to keep your eye on tonight. But they've gotten pretty good pitching all around. Now we don't know exactly what this is gonna look like for game two. Um they have Tehran pitching tonight, Julio Tehran, who's uh you know, who who's been solid two and three with a three sixty four. Three sixty four in this day and age. As far as ERAs go, is not bad. That's an eight start, so that's right. that's not too bad. The guy you're going to be watching, and some people were, you know, saying maybe he's, you know, trade bait or whatever. It's Corbin Burns who can really deal. He, he goes well, in game three of this thing. He's eight and three with a three seven three ERA. He he came out the other day, I believe it was Sunday or, or Saturday, and said the Brewers have guaranteed him that he will not be traded. Okay, okay. Now I'm looking at the, the overall stats. Milwaukee is last in the National League with a 232 team batting average. Yep. Uh, in home runs, they're 10th, tied for 10th with Cincinnati, the team they, they overtook. Um, in terms of overall hits, they are at the bottom. They're last in, in the National League with mm-hmm. 715. In terms of doubles, they're second last in the league. In terms of triples, they're 11th in the league in terms of RBI. Let's see, RBIs, where are they? Milwaukee. They're 13th in the league. Total bases, Milwaukee's last in the league. Yeah. And yet they're 12 games over, what, 10 games, 12 games over 500? Right. I, I don't, that's the weirdest thing. Now, here's the key. In terms of strikeouts, the team that strikes out a lot, they're second in the league in strikeouts. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they ha- They have to get pitching. Uh, with the way that their offense is set up. So that's going to be that's going to be a fun one tonight at, at Citizens Bank Park, for sure. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Eagles, one week away, Gunner. One week, my friend. You're too excited for my, for my liking. Oh, I am excited. I can't wait for football. Um, All right, hold they're, on. They're hold actually, on. Hold on. You're excited about one week from today. <laughs> and let's call it what it is. Yeah. Because the first day is basically a throwaway. They arrive, you get the video, you don't do anything. Don't rain on my parade, pal. You know, you, 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 you wave to the cameras, you know. And the first few days of practice is nothing but light jogging, getting in shape, taking the physicals, and so on and so forth. And so that's why I say I don't really get ramped up until we get to the week of the first regular season game. Right. Because there's so many inconsistencies. There's so little, you know. Now you'll get, you might get some fodder. Now, they, they they go against what two teams again this summer in training? Uh, yeah, the, the the open practices. Yes, they they do actually. They have two joint practices: Cleveland and Indianapolis. So look at okay. uh, Shane Steichen uh, with the second one. Yep. Now Cle- Cleveland could be interesting because Cleveland's got pretty nasty defense, and they got some dudes that just don't. You know, they just don't take no mess. And the Eagles aren't, aren't going to take any mess. They got that swag as well. Yep. Um, and who was the other one you said? 
Indy. Indy Indiana. So they get Steichen. Yeah. Okay. So let's see here. As I go to the to the trusty stat board in terms of defense, last year, uh, let's see. Cleveland, Cleveland and Indy. Okay, so Cleveland was the middle. Cleveland and Indy were right back of each other. They were like twelfth and thirteenth in defense. Yeah, um, decent defenses. Indy, Indy, a couple of years ago had a monster defense, and I know they had a lot of injuries last year, uh, which really hurt them in in a lot of ways. But it, you're gonna you, you're gonna get a little fisticuff action going, uh, I believe. To me, that's the best part of training camp. You know, well, and that's where it's really changed, right? Because preseason games. Y- we all know how it used to go. It used to be basically first game, you'd get a series or two. Second game, you'd, you'd get a quarter, maybe a half. Yeah. Third game, you'd definitely get a half, maybe even into the third quarter with your with your ones. And yep. then fourth quarter, eh, probably not much. But anyway, any of those things, uh, it's all gone. That's especially gone with this Eagles team. The, although I will say it's a li- there, there are a couple of guys who – I, I think we'll play in, in preseason games who are fighting for roles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of interest there. And, you know, I wonder how much they're going to play. Uh, if they, if, if at all, they'll play Nolan Smith, like some of those guys, Keely Ringo's now, you know, in, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't know what it's exactly going to look like, but you're right. I mean, look, I get myself cranked up. They show up in a week. And then I'm right back to, to to getting antsy for games. And then I don't get really much out of the games, but I get myself cranked up for them. And then I get worked up for the joint practices. And then you get a little bit. And then I start doing the countdown until September 10th. That's just, it's just, it's like, it's like clockwork. I can't help myself. So you let yourself down a lot then. I do. I'm good That's at that. I'm good at letting myself down. It was this Jake, Jake Friel calling me a party pooper because I said I don't get excited for the opening of camp. <laughs> Tell him, Jake. Sorry, Jake. Tell Jake, him. I've covered too many camps. I'm sorry. I've covered a ton too. I don't care. I can't help it. Rob. You have better self-control than I have. There's so many other things to be excited about. You're going to take a nice drive down to South Carolina, you know, pretty soon. Get your daughter settled in in her new college environment, her first year in college. You know, you got the month of all this year in the heat of divisional races in baseball. True. The uh, Sixers drama, which uh, makes you sick to the stomach. I don't know if I can handle Uh, that, Derek. uh, Let's see. Huh? I don't know if I can even handle the Sixer stuff anymore. Wow. It's, it's, it's beating me up. Yeah. Mr. Tass is D-Gun. You call yourself a sportsman for shame. I am, but I'm a realist. People get don't get this. I'm a get realist. Him, people. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, you know, I love – I can't emphasize enough. I love football. Football is my first love. Yeah. I've covered enough of these, you know. You know, I, I understand. The, the great anticipation is the week leading up to – the first game because the rosters have been finalized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, the opponent's roster has been finalized. Yes. Then you get into the storylines, the history of the rivalries. You know, somebody's going to be jawjacking saying something. We want to get out of the gate, you know, yada, yada, yada. This is our seat. You know, that's when it gets really interesting. Yeah. That's when you. the adrenaline and the blood start pumping, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All this other nonsense, eh, you got to go through it. But first of all, training camp's not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. If they practice an hour and a half, that's a rough day. There used to be three-hour practices, and guys would be so tired and irritated, they start swinging at each other for no reason just because it, it's those tough. Those days at camp were the craziest days. The yes. Most. They were yes. unbelievable. And, dude, I covered those champs, camps, Chargers, Packers, Steelers, you know, Eagles. Uh, you know, it, those don't exist anymore. I know. 
Runyon would always be in the middle of something, man. He would always be in the middle of something. And yes, John, I know USC, meaning uh, South Carolina, is a party school. I know. I'm well aware. There there have been many, many a discussion had uh, on that front. Okay. (laughs) Are you going to hire, are you going to hire a shadow? Maybe a private investigator. That's possible. Even if you don't, you should just put that thought in her mind. That's a good point. You should say something like, you know, you know what, hon, let me tell you something. You know, I've been in this business a long time and, Mm -hmm. you know, in our business, a lot of people come and go and we move around the country. And just by the grace of God, I have a few friends who live in that South Carolina area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to them and leave it at that. I will do that. I will. Absolutely. That, that will, uh, Yes, that will be uh, that will be uh, that conversation will take place. John has four siblings that graduated from there, so thank you, John. Wow, uh, really? yeah, cool. hey, look, it's a great school. I'm excited for. Her. She's excited. She's uh, I, I, it's funny, it's you know, I was I'm flipping around Sunday night. I think it was Sunday night. Um, ESPNU had a replay of the bowl game, the tax tax slayer bowl game, your favorite. Okay. They won in Jacksonville. Okay. It was Notre Dame and South Carolina. It was a crazy back and forth game. I just kind of stuck with it for a minute just to get a get my bearings on South Carolina football. So I'm prepared for this year. I have another team to root for, Derek. Okay. Hey, speaking of football. My game cocks. Anyway, oh, now let me guess. You're going to be wearing South Carolina gear now. Is I, that it? You know what? With what I'm paying, yes, I'll wear whatever gear. Will, will you put a South Carolina banner up like that Temple banner behind you? Oh, uh, maybe I'll do something. I don't know if they're getting a full banner yet. Okay. So, so, where's your son going to school? Temple. Oh, okay. So, you got that covered. Okay. Now, I went to Temple. He goes to Temple. So, Temple gets a little more. Well, yeah. so, so so did he ever say hey dad how come she gets to leave the state and i don't no hey no he actually he really wanted to go to temple like he was going he was actually he looked at um florida atlantic fau okay, okay. which i couldn't go uh I, I was working my wife my my mother-in-law lives not far from there so anyway they were staying oh, there okay. and then she they went down to visit the campus my wife texted me and just said, this campus is insane. Mm. It's beautiful. You know, it's, it's in, it's right near uh, Boca. Okay. That area. Boca is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. You know, everybody looks like a model, you know, the whole thing. So, but eventually he, he landed on temple and he really likes temple. So no, he, he hasn't, he's not like that. He's not that, that type where he's like, she gets to do it. Nah, not really. He just kind of, no. okay. he just does his own thing. Yeah. So, so why did she decide? I remember when you were talking about taking tours to different colleges. Why did she? Why did she decide on South Carolina? So, she liked a lot of schools um, that we that we saw. She really she liked Clemson a lot. Um, Clemson uh, offers basically no help to anybody out of state. Really? Zero. Zero. Wow. Um, very rarely, I should say, very rarely. Um, <clears throat> she really liked. She liked South Carolina. She liked Charleston. She liked like Virginia, UVA. Um, I don't know. I could just tell the second we got on South Carolina's campus, something clicked with her and connected. Yeah. And then that was really the leader in the clubhouse, you know, after that. It's a real college kind of town. Um, It's got a really nice campus. It's got a big campus, diverse campus. It's it's a nice, there was a, there's nothing not to like. So she and she wanted to go away. She did not yeah. want to, yeah. like she 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 was she got some nice offers like Delaware and St. Joe's and stuff like that. But she wanted to get away. So 
hey, she's doing her thing. She wanted, she wanted to get out from under the umbrella of the food Nazi. <laughs> oh, by the way, they had uh, they went to the beach yesterday. Yeah, I know. We were remember she she got out. When we had our show meeting. Her and Maggie got on it, and man, that was a great conversation. Too bad we couldn't have incorporated that in the show. In terms of what I told them, go and try all the foods you want. Since Rob can't be there, and yes. they were so elated, they they were singing "Free at Last." Free at last. <laughs> <laughs> well, they so they yeah they got their own like special wraps and all this other stuff that they you know that what they wouldn't you know normally like so that's good like, wait, wait, what do you mean what they normally would like what you wouldn't let them uh, what, have no no i it's i it's not that i don't let them have it okay <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the worst you guys are the worst uh no they did their thing they had fun on the beach but yeah so she's uh yeah we, she leaves in like uh, a month it's crazy it's crazy how fast wow, did she get a scholarship she got a, a nice merit scholarship for oh, academics good. yeah 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 not i wish it was a lot more derek because out of state is insanity man I know, but I she's excited. Yeah, I can remember eight nine years ago when I, when I saw that uh, Duke University was fifty five thousand a year. I can't imagine what some of these universities way are more now. now, way more now. Yeah. Dude, who in the world's paying this stuff? Unless you're an athlete or a road scholar and you're getting a free ride to college, who can afford this stuff anymore, man? Yeah, that's the way Clemson is. Like it's basically unless you're. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't know how it works if you're like number one in your class or something unbelievable like that. But uh, either that or you're getting an athletic scholarship. If you're out of state, they're not giving doing anything to help you. That's insane. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. All right. So beyond that, Derek, um, the and we'll get into this pretty heavy later. But the the big three of the running backs, which is Saquon Barkley, which is Josh Jacobs yeah. and Tony Pollard. Uh, none of them come came to an arrangement with their t- or a deal with their team. So their options are they sign the tender. Now Tony Pollard already signed his. Yes, he, he, yes. he's on under the tag and he's going to make ten point oh nine and he'll be at camp and all that stuff for the Cowboys. Uh, the as far as Saquon Barkley goes and Josh Jacobs, they have yet to sign theirs. So the way it works is, um, if they did sign it, they get ten point zero nine million, which is the what the what the number is for for um, the franchise tag. They don't get fined if they don't go to camp. How is that? Because I think that's the rule under the under, under the, the uh, tag. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, okay, are, once this gets real, are you really ready to start getting game check fines and, and losing game checks? Like to me, as much as they don't like it, and I, I sort of think Saquon's resigned to it because he tweeted out it is what it is. But that's ten million more than you were than you're going to get if you sit out. That's ultimately the way I look at it. Like, I get it, and I think what's happening in the running back stinks. In I general. agree. I agree. But I would grab the, the – if I'm those guys, I'm not missing any game checks, man. I'm grabbing the 10. If you want to make a statement and not show up for camp, okay. But I'm, I'd am i be playing week one, personally. See, see when, when, when you break it down, it's not really $10 million. After you've been – New York taxes – have sure. you seen how many taxes New York hits the common worker with? It's like seven or eight different kind of taxes they hit you with. And then on top of that, if he has to pay the entertainment taxes also for playing uh, in the different cities, then your agent gets to, what, 3%. Mm-hmm. You're looking at maybe if you're lucky, if you're lucky, $5 million out of the 10. Right. Are you going to give $5 million away? And not only that, if you get hit with game checks, you're getting less than that. Yeah. And you're also playing a position where you get beat down, and a lot of these guys aren't playing past 30. 
So you, you got to grab every buck that you can get every penny that you can get. You got to grab it and figure it out after, after this year. And see, you know, Eagles fan, I was just about to say this. Le'Veon Bell, in hindsight, said he regrets doing it. Yeah, he was never he, the same. He was never the same, number one. Number two, he never recouped that money. Yep. No, I agree. I, I think where it gets interesting for me, at least, if I'm Saquon, any of these guys, if I'm any of these guys, and I'm, I'm it's week uh, nine, and I'm really banged, my shoulder's killing me. Am I going out there? No. I don't know. I know you're a competitor and you want to help your teammates, but ultimately, you know, my ankle's killing me. If I sit out a week, am I going to be in much better shape if I do than I, than I try and drag my ankle around? I think long and hard about it if I'm them after yeah, this. I'm not giving up a paycheck. But you know what? Those little aches and pains that I normally played through, Yep. I don't know if I can do it this time. I really mm-hmm. don't. I'm, I'm not telling anybody that. Yeah. But those little aches and pains, I want more MRIs. I want more X-rays. I may need a little few more massages, uh, some more um, – you know the water therapy, mm-hmm. the cold, the cold water pools. Yep. Y- you know what? Yeah, I just don't feel I can go on it this week. I'm sorry, guys. I really want to be a. Now you're saying from so it, is it selfish? And to a certain degree, but there's principle involved as well. Yeah. Um, if you are considered one of the best of the best at your position in the National Football League, and you had a phenomenal comeback year after that devastating injury, the organizations should look at you and say, okay. Look at what the better running backs in the leagues are getting paid, the Derrick Henrys, the Jonathan Taylors, so on and so forth. Yeah. We we gotta do better. You know, even if even if he's middle of, of the pack in terms of you know big money. When I say middle of the pack, I'm talking about the top three. Yeah, like McCaffrey makes sixteen and then yeah. you kind of work your way down. Yep. Yes. You know, he should be right there in the middle somewhere. Agreed. Agreed. Like all right, here's here's an interesting question. So uh GI Zo Sports uh, radio says. How much a percent of the offense are running backs? Where's the analytics? It's a case by case basis. Like, for example, you know, is it maybe as big a part of the Eagles uh, as other teams? Probably not because they have a really effective passing game and Jalen Hurts will run a lot himself. Right now, you look at the Giants. It's not to say that Daniel Jones doesn't run. Of course, he'll take right. off and we right. know that's part of his right. repertoire. But Saquon Barkley, just for example, for what we're talking about. 295 carries. So nearly yep. 300 carries. Okay. Also caught the ball 57 times. Yep. Was targeted 76. Yep. So let's take his targets instead of even his catches. So that was intended for him. So, you, you know, what are we talking about here? 371 uh, plays dependent on him. That's not even talking about the times that he's a decoy, the times that he's picking up a, a, a you know, a, a run a blitzer, blitzer or yep. a pass blitzer, but, you know, et, et cetera, or other things that go on. So my point is a guy like that is a big part. And I, we could do the same thing. I think with Josh Jacobs, with the Raiders, especially this year, because you have Jimmy G in a new offense, Jimmy G who's injury prone, who, who's missed a lot of time. Josh Jacobs is going to be a big part of that. Derek Henry's a big part of it. It doesn't work that way for every team, but it, it does for those teams. Where there, are only, there are only three running backs that had over a th- uh, 300 carries last year, in the national football mm-hmm. league. Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry are two of them. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, you're an integral part of the offense. And when you talk about the analytics, uh, I don't think there's definitive analytics on running on a running back because it varies from team to team. You a team like Tennessee, very run heavy team. A team like the Eagles use the run to set up the pass. The 49ers use the run to set up the pass. You know, those it, it's so different in terms of how you could look at the running back position. 
but they are one of the most brutalized. It's one of the most brutal positions on the field because you're asked to do so many different things. And now the money's dwindling instead of increasing everywhere else across the board. Look at the money they're getting, you know, heck look at some safeties of what they're getting as well. Mm -hmm. You know, cornerbacks get way more than running backs do, you know, on the, I mean, so it's ridiculous. And I understand, you know, why the running back fraternity is hot right now about the numbers and how they're viewed in the national football league. Yeah. I, look, I agree with you. I, I think it's unfair. I think it's gone to an extreme now. I really do. Like I get, it's not the way it used to be where it was run, run, pass, run, run, pass. And, you know, and, and we all know what that used to look like in the NFL, but for me to devalue these guys to this extent, I think is crazy. They, they, they just gone a little bit too far the other way. So the other weird thing is with the Saquon situation. Apparently they were only about two million apart. Yeah. If you believe some of these reports, like you couldn't figure that out. You couldn't figure it out. Yes. I don't get that at all on either oh, side. Yeah. Like, come on, man. If you really want to get it done, get it done. If you're that close, you could you couldn't meet in the middle somewhere of that two million, even if it wasn't exactly two. You couldn't meet somewhere in the middle or get closer to that number. Yeah. Like that, that tells me. I do. You, did you guys really want to, you know? Pay him, I, or I don't know, or or maybe the maybe Saquon's camp was holding firm at a number. I I don't know, but it feels like you're that close. Finish it, you know, get it done. Um, yeah, interesting. All right, so I wanted to hit you with this before we go to our Eagles question of the day, Derek. Uh, Sham Sharania of uh, of the of, uh, the he does a bunch of different stuff, but he he's very very good, and you, we know he's right there uh, with with Woj and and you know in terms of the top influencers out there um but he had he said a little bit earlier on uh, on the stadium he said uh the relationship with harden uh and maury is severed uh oh uh yeah Harden harden is not happy with how the sixers handled the situation going back to last year and expected th there to be a longer term commitment there wasn't and therefore he wants out no matter how much the sixers are you know trying to cajole him to stay so and shams also threw out there like we know how this can get sometimes when james harden is checked out he's right um but he still wants to go to the clippers and there hasn't been a lot of movement on either front there hasn't been a quote-unquote a lot of engagement um as, as far as trying to get, engage other teams and apparently what we're hearing too is that the sixers asking price is very high so I mean, th th this is is not a question of if it's when. You you got to make this happen and get get moving, get on with your life. As okay. Far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, do you want James Harden on your team? If, if if somebody calls you about James Harden, let's face it, he's a great scorer. When he went rogue in the playoffs and scored forty two and forty five against Boston, we know he can still light it up when he wants to. Okay. But because of his history, Houston, Brooklyn, now Philly. Do you really want James Harden on your team? What if they trade him to a team that he doesn't really want to go to? What if they trade him to one of the lower-level teams and not a contending team? Mm -hmm. That lower-level team is trying to build something. Do you want a malcontent, a, a possible malcontent on your team? You're saying for the team that they would trade him to yes. if it wasn't, yes. wasn't his liking. Yes. Yeah, well, that, that's what makes this hard. That's what makes this tricky. I, I agree with you. I, I mean – and I don't know the team's just banging down the door for him at his his age anyway. Uh, and you're you know it's you got him for one year. It's not a long term deal by any stretch. So I feel like it's going to end up being the Clippers. 
you know, one way or the other. And I think eventually with, I'm calling this a negotiation, even though he's under contract, this negotiation, because Maury's putting out there something way higher than he's going to actually get. I think eventually they'll get back to, to some reality and he'll be traded. I think, but, but the problem is you're, you're sitting there in limbo if you're Nick Nurse. I know. You, you don't have any idea what you're going to have. Yeah. You may, you may walk into camp excited about taking over the 76ers and automatically see negative body language from James Harden. All of a sudden, you got to go toe-to-toe with James Harden. Right. Instead of focusing on getting players up to speed on your way of doing things, you got to deal with this dude, okay? You got to babysit this guy. Um, that's Like we said yesterday when we had Keith Pompey on, do you want that in your camp? Yeah. Whether you're the 76 now, if what Sham is saying is, is saying is true, and I have no reason not to believe him, I think he's as accurate as they come in the NBA circles. Um, Sixers have a, a, a major problem because you're going to be left with egg on your face if you give him away for marginal talent and he goes somewhere else and becomes a scoring machine. Yep. But if you keep him, he can bring the organization down because, like Sham says, we all know when he decides to shut down, what could happen. Mm-hmm. And you know Embiid's not going to put up with that all season long. And he and Embiid, Embiid is on a holy grail to try to win a ring. Like he said, whether Philadelphia or somewhere else. Can you imagine if he's putting out maximum effort and other players are putting out maximum effort and they see the body language of James Harden going through the motions? Yeah. Pouting right. all the time. That's where it starts to get really nasty. It's 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 so it's so counterproductive. So the Sixers are caught between a rock and a hard place. They are. You know, they are. They, have, they are in a very difficult spot. There's no doubt. All right. Uh, Eagles question O the day, D-Gun. Let me hit you I with re- this one. I refuse to answer. <laughs> now, I, I'll preface it by saying this. Usually when, I, when, when you ask this question, it means the team has no identity. <laughs> okay? It means they stink. I, I don't mean it like that. Right. But, right. but I'll ask you, what is the Eagles' identity? As we go into this year – you know, if you could hang your hat on something, like what it, what would it be for you? Explosive offense. Yep. But in terms of usually when you ask, what is the team's identity? You're talking about the team as a whole, both sides of the ball. Yeah. You know, in this case, I can only refer to one side of the ball because the, the other side of the ball is such a big question mark. Offensively explosive offense team as a whole. I have no idea to be honest. Last year they had both sides of the ball had their swagger. You know, they had that swag about, them. you know, they dared you to come out and try to beat them, you know, and they played like it. They played re- with reckless abandon. They played lights out. I, I don't know. I don't know what this team identity is right now. You know? Yeah. You know, John Dickerson says they're a, pre- they're a pretty complete team. M- maybe. Yeah. You got new, you got new pieces on defense, younger pieces, Whole new coaching repertoire. You got basically two defensive coordinators coordinating the defense. I don't know what this thing's going to look like. That's the thing. We, I, I think, especially on defense, it's a, it's a mystery is too strong a word. I, I because they're still going to be good, a good pass rushing team. I, I do believe that, even with the losses, they're still going to get after the quarterback. But I don't, I don't think we know exactly what that looks like. I, that's why I would lean offense. I, I would say they are going to be an offensive team is the best way I can put it because I think. They the offense, even with a new coordinator at Brian Johnson, should not have any problems. This offense should go out there and be the same top three offense that they were last year. They right. have a quarterback yeah. who's only improving behind a big time offensive line with really good receivers and a really good tight end and and you know a lot of diversity in their in right. their backfield. Right. So they should score. I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm 
I'm counting on them at least, especially early to be that offensive team, to help their defensive. I think this is where they have to carry, not carry, but I think they're going to have to help the defense out early. That's that's the way I look at it. I'll say carry. I think the offense will have to carry this team early. I'm not comfortable about the special teams, considering who's still at the helm of special teams. Um, I want to know how how the new players integrate with the existing players on defense. So Mm -hmm. until these things are all figured out, I do believe the offense will carry the team. To be honest, this offense will put this team on its back, and 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 they will be responsible for the wins. Now, I'm not saying the defense is going to be a sieve by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the defense is going to go through some growing pains until they get up to speed and become a cohesive unit, and that may take a few games because all of the pieces that are going to be counted on are not going to be able to play together in a game situation until the games start playing for real. The vets are not going to play in preseason games. The younger guys are going to be playing with guys they're normally not going to be playing with in a regular season game. Yeah. So it's going to take a while for everybody to get on the same page. That's one of the hard things about this is, you know, with the way it's set up, I get it. I know why teams do it, and I understand it. Believe me, you're doing it to protect them from not getting injured. At the end of the year, you want them back. But, but the reason why you're doing it, the, the, part of the problem is you can't get these guys any dress rehearsals before no. it gets real. No, absolutely. That's the hard, I mean, you do it with these joint practices. Don't get me wrong, but in, in you know, in, in preseason games, you don't do it. What are you laughing at? Now, let me address these two issues real quick. Number one, Mister Taz. So you don't you don't trust Sipos the noodle leg? Uh, no. <laughs> Number two, John Dickerson. Will D Gum be buying a Powerball ticket before Wednesday night? Yes, I will oh, buy. What's it up to? What, what is it up to? Eight hundred sixty million, something like that. See, I don't do it often, but for ones like that, I might. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. tonight or tomorrow night. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it'll be revealed. And then the mega mega millions is over six forty. Last I saw, it was over six forty. Okay. And yeah, I'm buying both. I'm getting both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think I might uh, might invest a few in that one. My dad played the lottery. Oh, it's over every, a billion now. What? Every, he played every day, Derek. Did he? Yeah, every day. Every day. Nine hundred million. million. Oh, oh, heck yeah. Oh, Kevin yeah. says nine hundred million in there. Let me okay. tell you something right now. If I won the Powerball, first of all, nobody would know it, but you would know. You know how you would know? Because you would be sitting here saying it's day 37 and D-Gun's still missing. We don't know what happened, where he is. Have not heard from him, have not seen him. Yeah. yeah and I'll text you, Rob, I'm okay. All right. But I, but I can't come back for a while. I always say to you, if you, if that happens, just send me a postcard and write, say Wataneo on it. I'll know exactly what it means. I'll know it's from you. I'm going to send you a few bucks to hold you over. I'm going to send you a few bucks. To hold you over until you, you know you get things straightened out. Okay, <laughs> until I get things straightened out, that could be a long time before I straighten things out. <laughs> All right, um, so I'm good. That's it's a good reminder. I got. I'll uh, I'll make a little stop today after the show. Make it happen. Uh, there's no question. I'm I'm going right after the show. I'm going to get a couple of each. I would totally take care of you if I hit. I will just tell you that right now. I'm here. That's All what right. I'm saying. I, 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 we're on the same up. page. Yep, we're on record, and both of us to say that. But I would. Uh, and we both be in a witness protection program. Oh, you would. Good luck, man. Good luck trying to find me. I'm here. You, you better have. Me. You better have a team of people, and it still wouldn't work. I'm telling you. Um, All right. So let's get a timeout. Here's what we want to do. We got all kinds of, you know, everybody, this is generally what happens this time of year is you get sort of the final push for the list. Like Madden's list is out. I just saw the best edge rushers, et cetera. Uh, I know, you know, you, you go, wherever you go, there's lists. So we're going to do our big boy rankings, Derek. 
We're going to okay. do top five QB, top five running back, top five receiver. Okay. When we come back, by the way, Zach Berman of the athletic is going to join us at one thirty. Yes, We're looking forward to talking to Zach. What do you see the tweets from fellow running backs, the reaction from, from these guys not getting deals done. There are some angry running backs out there in the NFL. So we'll do that. Our greatest series continues and it's the Buffalo bills. Uh, we will talk some, some Phillies obviously uh, a little bit later. So we got a lot to do. We're going to come back with our top five QBs, RBs and WRs. He's DG. I'm R E. We are ST on, <laughs> on Jacob sports. We'll be right back. Uh, don't go anywhere. All right. Let's talk about Bravo pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. you got Alex and the crew in there seven days a week, putting out the most unbelievable and great fresh food that you could possibly have. Uh, what I love is the uh, the variety. they got 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. You name it, they'll make it. Uh, specialized pizza, but not just pizza. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. They have it all. Uh, they're also Bravo Pizza of Havertown is very committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for the little leagues uh, in the area where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. You can reach them uh, on the phone, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Four four six three eight one zero. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know it was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama,
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, 130. Zach Berman will join us 2 o'clock. We'll do our NFL segment, but we do keep the NFL segment and the Eagles talk going, Derek, because uh, we're going to rank our, our top five quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receiver uh, today. And, you know, certainly a lot of debate when it comes to the way that things finished last year in the MVP running. It was Patrick Mahomes and then Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was the runner-up, but it is a new dawn. It is a new year ahead of us. And uh, like we said, a bunch of teams have already reported. How about this, Derek? So you have the Falcons, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Dolphins, Saints, and Giants. Rookies all report it today. Eagles all report in a week. But you have yep. te- guys that are already there at their camps. And I believe the Jets report tomorrow. From correct. That, that is correct. Yep. And they'll be the, the subject of hard knocks. So interesting little footnote with that. Uh, they will not allow access to the cameras to show guys getting cut this year for hard knocks. Really? Why is that? The Jets don't, won't or won't let them do it. Won't give them access to it. That's the I, first. I time guess ever. they can't make them. Yeah, it's the first time. That's the first time ever. So I guess the Jets said, "Okay, you're going to force us to do this." Well, here's our stipulations. Correct. I wonder why. I, I wonder why. I think that's. I think that's one of the best elements of the hard knocks show. You get to see how the coach sits down. They encourage the guys, look, hey, you know what? It was a numbers game. You know, you got potential, and we wish you well. You're going to catch on with somebody else. I, yeah. I, I love that interaction. Um, it, it's a shame they're not going to allow that. But then again, hey, it's their team, their call. If they're going to be forced to do it, you know what? Right. You know, and like Mr. Taz says, hey, the Jets are ticked off about it. Maybe so. That's it. I think I think it's a bit of a flex by the Jets, just simply because they it was forced upon them, which the league can do. Um, but I think that's what it is. And and you know, frankly, I I understand it to an extent. Like I do think it's compelling viewership, but I also like that's a difficult thing for. It's not only it, it's very difficult for the person. Obviously, it's most difficult for the person who gets cut. Yeah. That's a hard thing for that coach who has to tell those guys that. I mean, you ask any coach, it's the worst day they have of the year is is telling a guy he's got to go. So. And, you know, I also wonder how real are the conversations from the coach to the player, because, you know, the coach is trying to be a little bit more caring because he knows the camera's watching him. I wonder, hey, man, you just don't have what it takes to make it a national football league. You know, you never heard that. Yeah. You've never heard that that line right. in these hard knocks cuts. And I wonder if there's some coaches that would like to be a little bit more truthful in terms of, hey, look, maybe you can catch on in USFL or somewhere else, you know. They ever have a pro league in Mexico now, you know, go down there, right. work on some things, you know, and then come back and try again. But right now you just don't have what we're looking for. So you don't, you don't ever hear stuff like that. Everything is always a positive spin. Yeah. You know, we wish you well. Hey, hey, keep, keep staying in shape. 
You never know. We might call you back, you know, True. injuries, anything, trades, injuries. We may call you back. Just stay in shape. And, you know, if you land with another team, good luck to you. We, we wish you the best. But, you know, hey, we, we just can't fit you in right now. Well, I, I'll give you an example. So uh, you you remember Kevin Riley, Derek. Kevin played for the Eagles. Absolutely. Yeah, un, unbelievable story of, of triumph in, in his life. I mean, he, he lost an arm to cancer and has had an unbelievable uh you know, life and career, inspiring people and all this other stuff. But, but back in the day when he played, okay, so he came out of Villanova, right? He got drafted by the Dolphins. Yep. This was 1973. So they're coming off their perfect season, all right, the year before. So you're thinking, this is a pretty good roster. You know, it's going to be tough to crack this. He, he was kid out of Villanova, you know, was drafted late, et cetera. Back then they played six preseason games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So – he had played in every he was the you know the the leading special teams tackler you know was a was a big time special teams you know ace for them so he looks good to make the last cut however joe paterno reached out to don shula and said hey i had a guy who was somewhere else it didn't work out uh i think you should look at this guy etc shula takes vermeil or uh, takes paterno's word for it that guy makes the team Kevin Riley gets cut because of it. Mm. So mm. Shula, Shula said to him, and this was, there was no cameras back then. There was no hard box back then, but Shula said to him, listen, you are an NFL player. I, I know this. You, it seems like everything's over with now, but it, you are, it, we had a numbers game here. We're coming off an undefeated season. You'll be playing somewhere. And I may be seeing you down the line this year. Like we may be playing against you. Mm. So here's the story. Listen to this. So he gets cut. He's from Delaware. He's a Delaware guy. He's a Wilmington. Yep. yep. He's back at home. He's trying. Like, what am I going to do? I got to get a real job. This and that. His father says to him, "Hey, go to just go to Eagles practice. Just just see if you can get a conversation with somebody." And Kevin was like, "Dad, it doesn't work that way. This isn't high school." But he he eventually gives in. Okay. He goes to Eagles practice. He he somehow they. He showed like a, a dolphin credential and got into the to the vet, I think is where they were practicing or whatever. Practice ends. He hops the fence and goes onto the field and goes over to the Eagles coach and says to him, hey, listen, I know you don't know me from Adam, but my name is Kevin Riley. I played at Villanova. I, I was the last cut by the Dolphins. Is there any shot that you guys need anybody? Can you just give me a tryout? And the coach... <laughs> At the time, their scout, one of their one of their uh, big scouts, had been walking by and said, "You're Kevin Riley." Yeah, we had you on our board. Mm. So, if the scout wasn't walking by at the time, the, and the coach didn't give him an audience, he would have never had a tryout. They gave him a tryout the next day. He showed up at eight o'clock, tried out, made the team, was on the taxi squad. Is what they used to call it. Yep. Uh, two or three guys get hurt. Three weeks later, he's playing. One of the games is against the Dolphins. So Don Shula, like, was prophetic. Like, he nailed it. So it's just a weird – anyway, it's a weird thing. It's a weird game. All right, let's do our five. Let's do our top five quarterbacks. Uh, you want to go first or want me to go first? I'll let you go first. All right, I'll go five up. I'm going to start at five. I still have Aaron Rodgers on there, and here's why. I think he's going to have a rejuvenation kind of season. Not that he was terrible last year, but I think with the Jets, he's going to be invested. He's going to be invigorated. I think he's going to play well. So I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers five because I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I'm going to go Josh Allen four. Uh, I think that he will clean up some of the mistakes that he made last year, especially in the red zone. I go Josh Allen four. 
Jalen Hurts, I have at three right now. I have him as my number three. I don't think there's anybody who's improved their game as much as he has over the last two years. And I don't see any reason why that's going to change. Joe Burrow's number two for me. I think Joe Burrow's that good. I think he's a stud. I think he's got great uh, talent around him. Uh, He, too, is playing for a big contract, just like Justin Herbert is. Uh, I have Joe Burrow at number two. Number one, I don't think there's much uh, debate here. It's Patrick Mahomes all day, every day. So I go Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Allen, Rodgers. What do you say? Not the exact. All right, show it to me again. Uh, hold it up a little bit more. You have the wrong you have the light. All right, go up a little higher. Your nameplate's blocking it. Okay, Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Allen, Rogers. That is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. We yeah we, we 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 are we are like minded uh, to say the least. Uh, we have a football brain that we share. But yeah, I, I, I go give I me your reasons for those guys. Yeah. First of all, with Rodgers, I had to put Rodgers on there because he still is one of the most accurate passers in the game. Yeah. And I think he's ticked off. I think he's ticked off about the way he's perceived to be a diva and selfish. A lot of which he brought on himself. But I think he's motivated by that number one. I think he's motivated by the fact that he is on is complete a team he's as he's ever been on in the National Football League. And that includes a team he won the Super Bowl with back in 2010. It's been 13 years since he's gotten close to a Super Bowl. And he was on at least three or four Green Bay teams that should have gotten to the Super Bowl. And they choked in the biggest moments in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He has the best collection of pass catchers he's ever had in his career. Yep. He's got a lights out defense on the other side of the ball. Um, I think Aaron is going to be highly motivated. Um, and I think with his short passing game, with those weapons, that offense is going to be moving the chains and scoring a lot of points. Okay. With Josh Allen, Josh Allen has all the tools. I, I really think last year hurt him not having Brian Dayball overseeing his development. And I think he got a little reckless. I think he became too much of a gunslinger, yep. took too many chances with the ball, mm-hmm. which led to like 14 interceptions. When you look at his numbers from last year to the previous years, they're they're comparable numbers except the the interception ratio. Mm -hmm. And I think he was a little bit more of a daredevil, a gunslinger in that regard. Jalen Hurts, I had to put it number three, Jalen Hurts took care of the football as well as anybody in the National Football League. And the numbers that he lacked in the overall passing game, he made up for significantly in his overall athleticism, ability to run, break tackles. Uh, plays call for him in a running game. His accuracy in the throwing game. He only threw six interceptions the entire season last year, Mm -hmm. when you think about it. Now, granted, he didn't throw as many uh, passes as some of the quarterbacks did, but when he did, his completion percentage was right there. His accuracy was right there. He answered all the questions about arm strength, the intermediate throws, the deep throws. He answered all those questions. Joe Burrow, to me, um, is, is as complete a quarterback as you can possibly ask a young quarterback to be at this stage of his career. Granted, he is surrounded by some incredible talent, Three, a trio of wide receivers, great running game. You talk about tough as nails. When you consider the volume of times he's been sacked over the last two years, and he still plays at such a high level and came within a few plays of beating Patrick Mahomes again, he was 3-0 and against Mahomes up until that game last year. Yeah, right. a couple road wins too. Yes. Yep. Cincinnati, led by Joe Burrow, is one of the few teams that's not afraid of Kansas City. Uh, very, yeah, you're right. They, they are. There is no intimidation factor w- with Cincinnati as far as they go. Yep, you're right. Yep. You know, and obviously Mahomes is Mahomes. And by the way, I finished the series last night. Quarterback, 
Oh, you got through all of it? Okay, yeah. I watched I watched six episodes last night to finish it off. Yeah. You're going to thoroughly enjoy the finish, except the final game that Kansas City plays. You're gonna enjoy, <laughs> you're gonna enjoy because yeah. you get to see side you get to see sideline stuff from 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 Mahomes' perspective. Yep. There is no tougher quarterback mentally in the game than Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah. Um, and you'll see that. And then my boy, you see my boy uh, Rick Burkholder, trainer of the Chiefs. He's great. He's he used to be with the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. He makes a few cameos, especially when Mahomes is hurt. Is hurt. I think he's the best in the business. Honestly. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, there's nobody better in the game in the trainer department than Rick Burkholder. There's no yep. question about that. Yep. Um, you're you're going to love it thoroughly and get a better perspective. And you're going to get to see the trials and tribulations of Mark and Be- Marcus Mariota. Okay. And get to see how Kirk Cousins' season comes to an end. But you more so you get to see their personal lives, their mm-hmm. family lives, their commitment, not just in the game, but being the best person they could be as a husband, as a father. Great series. Peyton Manning's production company, um, Omaha Productions, did a phenomenal job with this series. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually – I think I'm going to hit one of them once we get off the air today. I got tied up with stuff last night. I want, I meant to watch it last night. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Good. All right. So that's our quick to you as well. Patrick Mahomes gets so much credit for all these sidearm throws, which he attributes to his baseball prowess. Yeah. But you'll also notice Joe Burrow makes a lot of the same throws that Patrick makes, mm-hmm. but he doesn't get the notoriety that Patrick does because Patrick flips the ball, throws with offhand. But in yeah. terms of just a sidearm throwing through lanes on like, Joe Burrow throws a lot of the same balls yeah. uh, with just as strong an arm as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I, I think Mahomes is like the perfect combination of like swag and, and greatness. Like he can, he can do it in, in a way that it's just, it's unbelievable. You're right. Yeah. Burrow, yeah. Burrow's insane too. Uh, yeah. All right. Running backs. Um, yeah. All right. You want me to go again? You want, you want to go this time. Why don't you go this yeah. time? You go this time. I was going to, I was going to go to wide receivers. Go receivers. You go receivers. All right, you want me to go receivers now then? Yeah, go five through one. Okay, uh, number five, there. number five, I stuck A.J. Brown in there. Um, for a guy who had 88 catches but still had almost 1,500 yards receiving, that's phenomenal. Big body, speed, break tackles, strong. You can't out-physical him. Um, he had a phenomenal year. Coming into a new environment with a $100 million contract, that's a lot of pressure on anybody. And of course you got to share the spotlight with the young up and coming Devante, uh, Devante Smith and one of the premier tight ends in the game. And you still shined in a very critical market with a team that was the best team in the NFC all season long. And he played like one of the best receivers in the game. So I had to go him at number five, Jamar chase didn't finish in the top 10 in receiving yards, but Jamar chase is a phenomenal talent. There's no question about it. Yeah. And of course he's got his college teammate Burroughs throwing in the football but in terms of – here's another guy, physical, quick off the line of scrimmage. You can't push him off his routes. No. He makes the acrobatic catches. He still had over 1,000 yards, but he didn't have the big seasons like some of these other guys like the A.J. and my number three, Devontae Adams. Number three, Devontae Adams, I've said this time again, is the best route runner in the game, bar none. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the more mediocre in terms of speed in the NFL. Not a fast guy. I've seen him get caught from behind too many times. But you cannot cover him. If a quarterback has time to let him go through his uh, progression of, of moves, you can't cover him. I've seen him make cornerbacks and safeties look silly, thinking he's going one way, and all of a sudden he darts back the other way. Great hands. Um, 
has perfected the art of the back shoulder throw like no other court, uh, receiver in the game. How many years in a row now has he had over 100 catches? It's just incredible what he can do and keep his body healthy enough to play week in and week out. Yep. Number two, Justin Jefferson, uh, who led the league in receiving last year. Phenomenal talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, great acceleration, great hands. Everything you want in terms of a number one receiver. There's no question he's one of the elite. And I think you already knew who my number one is. There is no better receiver in the National Football League than Tyreek Hill. No, there's no way you can cover him. I don't care how many people you put on him. One of the best ball trackers in the game. Yep. One of the most sure-handed receivers. And he's the smallest receiver on this list. You look at all these other guys, they're big body type receivers. Mm. Tyree Hill's a little guy with blazing speed. Um, incredible route runner. And, and and I'm sure DBs have nightmares the night before a game knowing they got to try to cover this guy. I know. Oh, geez. He is the ultimate nightmare matchup. All right, this is good because we're we're very different here uh, on this. We have same names, but in different order for the okay. most part. Okay, I have Stephon Diggs at five. I know there's I, drama. There's always yeah. there's always a lot going on there with him. The production's there every year. Okay, and I think that he's going to come in ticked off. I do. I think he's going to come in ticked off. I think Josh Allen wants to get him off early. So I'm 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 going to put Diggs at five. Yeah, I have AJ Brown at four. Okay. Uh, for all the stuff that you just named, I mean, he's strong yards per catch yards after the catch uh, touchdowns still young too. It feels like he's been in the league for 10 years. He's still young. Um, so I'm going to have him at four. Devonte Adams is three. I think Devonte Adams and, and Garoppolo will be a nice combination. Uh, you know, they're looking for some stability. If, if Jimmy G stays healthy there, I think Devontae Adams will do what he does with every quarterback. He was great with, with Aaron Rodgers. He was great with Derek Carr. I think he's going to be great with him. I have Tyreek Hill at number two, and I agree with you that he's the ultimate. Ooh. Yeah, I, ha- I have him at number two. Um, I Here's why. I, I It's not a, a knock on him by any stretch. Um, I, he is He's more reliant just on pure athleticism and speed than my number one. I think my number one is a combination of everything. And that's Justin Jefferson. I think he's a great route runner. I think he's a great receiver. I think he has great hands, great vision. He's tough. He's a better traffic catcher. Uh, when there's two, three guys draped around him, he's going to bring it down. Um, and he's just got such a chemistry with Kirk cousins that I go with him. One, I think it's a toss up one and two. I think he could really make an argument for Jamar chase. His numbers got hurt. Cause he got hurt last year. Simply put, uh, he could have very easily been number five for me. I think AJ Brown is a justified four, uh, but that's my order. I go Jefferson Hill, Adams Brown, Diggs. That's my five. Yeah, see, Texas boy here in the chat says CD Lamb's better than all of them. Okay, you're from Texas. Your opinion is biased. I understand that, and that's your opinion, and you're entitled to it. There's no way on this planet that CD Lamb can do the things that a Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson are doing when they when they get out on the football field. Yeah. I will say this about Justin Jefferson. Although he led the league in receiving over 1,800 yards, you can take him out of games. The Eagles took him out of the game True. last year. Okay. You cannot take Tyreek Hill out of the game. The only way Tyreek Hill is taken out of a game is, that number one, if he's injured, and number two, the quarterback doesn't throw him the football. That's the only way. You yep. cannot cover Tyreek Hill. He is uncoverable. What, is that a word? Uncoverable? I look uh, it, is for, it is for our purposes, yes. All right. Well, I just made up a new word. I, I like the word creation. That's good. Yeah. I like All right. Put yeah. that in the D-Gun dictionary then. Um, <laughs> yeah, you cannot, you cannot shut you cannot shut Tyreek Hill down. There's no yeah. way. Okay. All right, good. I look, that's a fair. 
all that all that is absolutely fair all right let's uh let's roll into the uh to the running backs all right i'll go i'll work my way up five to one all right i go christian mccaffrey at number five i think getting him to san francisco uh will be yeah and our, you, you saw the dividends it paid last year but i think the good thing with in his case now is he doesn't have to be the workhorse that he had to be in Carolina because you have Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have, you know, you have a lot of weapons that George Kittle, a lot of weapons that can be used where it doesn't have to be him with 30 carries and, you know, 20 catches where you're just beating him into the ground. Anyway, uh, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, it just does his business every single year. He just, he just delivers for you. And this year he's got a quarterback, you know, if the Sean Watson has his head screwed on straight, that that's a nice little, little combination with those two, you know, and to go with Amari Cooper and some of the other weapons that they have outside. Uh, so I'll, I will go with him as number four. I have Josh Jacobs. Now this could be a little bit unfair to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had the most rushing yards in football last year. I'm basing this off of a, I just think he's really good. I'm not taking anything away from it, but I put Saquon Barkley at number two, because I think he's a better pass catcher than Josh Jacobs. So I'm going to go Saquon two. I still put the the kind of OG Derrick Henry in there. And if you look at the numbers, he was second, I think, in rushing last year. That's with miss, missing a little bit of time, too. Fully healthy, until I'm proven otherwise, I'm still taking him as number one. So I go Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey. How about you? Mm. I put Saquon at number five. Um, in terms of power and speed, uh, he has it all. His lower body leg strength is incredible. Um, he can do it all. He can catch it. He can run it. He can block. He's been proved as a blocker. I put him at number five. I put Josh Jacobs at number four. Josh Jacobs runs so angry. He's not the biggest back, but he is tough as nails to bring down. He will lower that shoulder in a minute and bowl right over. Um, he's nonstop, you know, and that's why he finished, I believe, second in the league in rushing last mm-hmm. year. Derrick Henry is number three. Derrick Henry at 1,500 yards on a team that had no offense except Derrick Henry. Once Traylon Burks got, got hurt and missed a few games, Derrick Henry was a one-man off. Now, he had a good, decent offensive line because they liked their physicality in the trenches. Derrick Henry still had over 1,500 yards rushing when he was a focal point of an offense on a bad team. Yep. Number two, I put Jonathan Taylor. Uh, when Jonathan Taylor is healthy, I think he's one of the best running backs in the game. He lost some valuable time um, because he got injured last year. The year before that, look at the numbers he put up. Jonathan Taylor is an incredible uh, ball runner. Once he turns the corner, if he turns the corner, his lights out on you. He's a good pass catcher as well. Another guy who's improved tremendously in the blocking game. And I put Nick Chubb as my number one. I think Nick number Chubb. Number one, is, okay. Mm. Yeah, I think Nick Chubb right now is the best finisher in the game in terms of a straight ahead pop. What else could you ask for? He's a lot like Saquon Barkley, but I think he's a better finisher than Saquon. Um, Nick Chubb. Just, just all he does is rack up yards. You hit him, he gets three or four extra yards. You know, no matter what you do, I, I think sometimes he runs so hard he hurts himself in yeah. a lot of ways. He's tough. But, I, but so my list is Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb. That's a good list. Yeah, I, you know, the thing that's been unfortunate for Jonathan Taylor in his career, he's never really had that quarterback. You know, yeah. I, I mean, he's they, they've gone through – in his time, what Wentz and uh, Matt Ryan and uh, was Philip Rivers, right? I mean, he, it's just it's been a bunch of guys who, you know, and Rivers obviously was really good, but he's not at this point. But th- that that's been the tough thing for him is he's been asked to carry so much of the load, yeah, for that team. I, you know, I hope 
Anthony Richardson's that guy. Um, I do. And, and they could they could be a nice little combination there. He's going to be another one. You know, what are they going to pay him? What are they going to do with him? He's absolutely yeah. headed towards a franchise tag, right? Yeah, well, you already heard him spouting off about it. You yep. know, he's already tweeted about it. He's not happy. He's up next year. I know. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's going to get ugly. You yeah. Know. No, it yeah. is. It is. And I don't know. Look, the, here's the problem, Derek. I just don't think these guys really have leverage. Because they'll just draft somebody or, or they'll they'll do what the Eagles did. They signed two guys or, or well, signed one guy in Penny and, and what did they trade for nothing for Swift, basically, right? They gave up very little. Yep. You know, that, that's that's what you do at this point. Um, Dynasty, let me ask you, Dynasty 215 says, who do you think starts? Will it be Minshew or uh, Anthony Richardson down there? And then- I think Minshew initially because he knows the offense. But I think they're chomping at the bit to get Anthony Richardson in there. Um, so I think Richardson will finish the season. Mm-hmm. I think Minshew will start the season. Yeah, how's, how quickly do you think that week five-ish? It depends on how the season's going. If they're like yeah. over, it's going to be a lot It's going to be a lot quicker. If they're a 500 team, maybe a little, a little bit later because Minshew's got a, a grasp on the offense. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking at the – I'm looking at the running back guaranteed money end of it. Yeah. Uh, right now. And McCaffrey is at the top with 38 million guaranteed over his current t- contract. Alvin Kamara guaranteed money, 33.8 million. Derrick Henry, 25.5 million. Uh, Nick Chubb, 20 million. Eckler, 15 million. Um, and that's now, after some adjustments to Eckler's contract, by the way. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they made some tweaks. So now this is as of May 4th. This is for season 2023, May 4th. Um, and, and here's here's the money for this season. McCaffrey gets 16 million per. Kamara, 15 million per per. Dalvin Cook, well, he's gone now, but he was getting 12.6 million for per. Derrick Henry, 12.5. Nick Chubbs, 12.2. So, like I said off the top of the show, is Saquon worth what Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook get? Without question. Okay. Not even a thought. Um, is is Tony Pollard? No, I think Tony not Pollard yet. is right where he should be. I agree. Uh, Tony Pollard's um, not underpaid. Not no. yet. Tony's right where he should be. Yep. Uh, Josh Jacobs. He's so underpaid. Josh, he's underpaid. So if, if Josh Jacobs is underpaid, where does he fall? Does Should he be making at least what Kamara and Dalvin Cook make? Yes. Well, Kamara's $15 million per. Well, here's the thing. I'm really surprised they haven't gone about restructuring him yet. And this could be the last year of him there, too. I agree. You know, and I know he can catch the ball. I know he does a lot of different things. But there's no way – and I have to look at how many years he has left on his deal. You might be looking at it. But there's no way they're going to continue to pay him that kind of money. No chance. Absolutely no shot. I agree. Because I think his role is diminished. And obviously, he's going to miss significant t- – you know what? I can't say significant – because, you know, we, we assume it could be a six-game suspension. We don't even know what the league is thinking. It could be a two-game suspension. You right. know. Yeah, yeah, it's, two, it's, it's, it's the great unknown. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Jake makes a good point. For every running back that has a great year, 10 to, 10 to 15 talent coming out of the draft, tough position. Not only that, it's guys who are just like right now, Dalvin Cook's out there. Yep. Yep. There's just there's dudes sort of floating. Whatever you think about Ezekiel Elliott, you know, you, guys you could just grab up Absolutely. at a much cheaper rate. You know, teams prioritize the lines 
the, look, the Eagles have, have operated this way for a long time, but it's, it's the lines, obviously it's quarterback, but it's the lines, it's receiver, it's corner. And then everything else falls into place. Running back, uh, linebacker, they're never going to pay those guys a ton of money. Last year was, was a, an anomaly because you, you know, Kaiser white and, and TJ and those guys were making okay money. Not great, but um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's not happening. Hey, I mean, do you have the, uh, do you have the email address uh, tone? If you could pull that up, it's um, it is, what is it? Sports take Jacob at gmail.com sports take Jacob at gmail.com that Renzi uh, Griffin Renzi was asking for the, uh, for our email address. So anybody wants to email us pictures or anything else, uh, feel free sports take Jacob at gmail.com. Sorry. Go ahead there. Yeah, see, you still have you still have four. There's a number of running backs still out there, but you've got four who are still in the prime of their careers. Yep. You got Ezekiel Elliott, 28, Dalvin Cook, 28, um, Leonard Fournette, 28, Kareem Hunt, 28. They're all 28 years old. Yep. Now, some people say Fournette and Elliott are washed up. You know, their bodies are used up. I don't know. Yep. Get them in the right system, they may be rejuvenated. I don't know. They were great running backs who are now considered washed up at 28 years of age. Mm-hmm. You know, there's talk that Zeke may go back to the Cowboys for lesser money. Um, but all four of these guys are 28. Kareem Hunt, I'd take any one of these four. You know, yeah. if I needed a, a complimentary back to enhance my backfield, I'd take any one of them. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think the look, – look, some backs have, have I, I think, come to this realization of what it is, an example – is Joe Mixon taking a pay cut yesterday? You know, yep. he he saw what was out there, and what he's making with the Bengals is better than he would get on the open market, and he gets to stay in a system that he's comfortable with. He doesn't have to go get a new house yeah. or whatever. Like it, it just it made more sense financially for him, and and maybe even you know, and I don't want to take anything away from him. Maybe from a competitor standpoint, he wants to win it with Cincinnati or whatever. But you know, he saw what was out there, so he he, he agreed to a pay cut. I'm sure he didn't like it. No question. That's the way it goes. No question about it. You know, a smart business move on this part. He's in a great position to get back to the Super Bowl. He's going to be making decent money. And even though the contract is restructured, you know he's going to get his money on the back end somewhere. So he's still in a good position. And it still has a lot of good football left in him. And he doesn't have to be overburdened by being a workhorse because of the passing game of the Bengals. Mm -hmm. So he's in a great position. Sometimes that grass is not always greener on the other side, you know. Yeah, I look. I agree with you. And again, unfortunate uh, situation for the running backs, and I feel for them. I think they have they have a legitimate beef with the whole system. But what what is going to what's going to be the impetus for the owners to change their ways? I don't think there is one. So all right, let's get a timeout. Well, I, think, I think JM says it best. How many running backs are dominant more than three or four seasons yep. nowadays? Yep, uh, very few. And that's the problem. They're put in this category of uh, old old goods after three to four years, and they're still like 27, 28 years old. Right. No, exactly. And that's a that's a big part of this thing. All right. We're going to come back. We will uh, we'll talk some Phillies at 1.30. Zach Berman from The Athletic. We'll talk birds with Zach. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk some Phils. Big series again with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. We'll do that when we get back. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because finding the right person to invest your hard-earned dollars 
can be a tough thing to do, right? Um, and for those of you who have been through some folks that you weren't really thrilled with, trust me, I was there too. But Jim Murray is that guy, and Principal Financial Group is the place that you want to be. You will be in good hands, trust me. Uh, you know, whether it's retirement planning or 401k review, you have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground, it's an insurance review for you, whatever it is, and you're trying to figure it out. Look, even if you're not sure, talk to Jim and he can he can get you up to speed on everything that you will need, everything that you will be covered for and need to be covered for. I know personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. So will you give him a call? 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles 
We're back. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Let's hit the like button if we could. Thank you, everybody. We do appreciate it. Zach Berman at the bottom of the hour from The Athletic. We'll talk some birds as they are a week away from training camp kicking off. All right, Derek. So uh, Phillies go into the game tonight, 51-42 and 42 on the season. They're on a three-game winning streak. They're a half game back of the third spot for that wild card. Um, Brewers in first place in the Central. You got Aaron Knoll on the hill tonight. He's four, eight and six with a four three nine ERA. He's given up 21 home runs, which has been a massive problem for him and the whole staff, uh, by the way, but especially him. 120 strikeouts, 30 walks. This this other stuff is kind of the usual that you get with him. He, he gets a ton of strikeouts. He doesn't walk very many guys. Uh, he throws a lot of innings. You know, there are, there are certain things you can't take away from him. He eats innings. He's 119 innings. But bottom line is 439 for a guy who is a top of the rotation pitcher, either one or two on your staff, who you have great expectations for, who's a free agent at the end of this year, has to be better than that, Derek. My concern is you started out as the ace of this staff. Your ERA is 439 right now. Your last outing, you went six innings, threw 91 pitches against Miami, gave up eight hits, five earned, uh, four earned runs, five runs, and I believe it was, what, three home runs he gave up? Uh, yes, yeah, correct. He gave up three correct. home runs. Yep. The fact that he's given up an every, uh, a home run in every game except two is concerning. The fact that he has been riding that proverbial roller coaster um, is concerning. When, when in years past, when Aaron Nola stepped to the hill, the first thing that came to mind is this is going to be a good pitching outing by Aaron Nola. Mm-hmm. I have not been able to say that May, June, July with Aaron Nola. So I go into this game tonight, think thinking he should be dominant tonight because you're 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 you're, you're pitching against the weakest hitting team in a National League. You're also pitching against a team with the second most strikeouts in the National League. Mm-hmm. He should have double-digit strikeouts. But because of his inconsistency, and coupled in the fact that he's coming off an all-star break, so he's had time to sit back, reflect, look at him at his mechanics, things that he's doing right, things that he hasn't been doing well. When he's serving up home runs, it's usually on a breaking pitch that just hovers across the plate like a Frisbee. Yeah, He's had a week now to, to think about this, to look at this, and yet I go into this game tonight thinking – I don't know what to expect from this dude. <laughs> Same. Yeah, you're right. Like everything you said adds up. He he's had he hasn't pitched since last Sunday, you know, since you know, two Sundays ago. Okay. He's had a lot of time off. Uh, this is not a an offensive juggernaut kind of team. No. He he's home. He likes the hot weather. He really does. He's a Louisiana guy who really likes the heat. So for all those reasons, you would think it should add up to a classic Aaron Nola. But anybody who says they know what Nola is going to do tonight, they're lying. They have no idea what he's doing from start to start. I know. And, you know, that's the frustrating part is he and we all know, too, that he could be going strong for the first three, four innings. And then there's an implosion that happens that you sometimes yeah. can't recover from. Yes. There's always one inning that dispels his doom. Yeah. And He's got to find a way to get over that. Uh, his pitching coach has got to find a way to help him get over that. I, I don't understand why we're this far into the season and we're still talking about an inconsistent Aaron Nola because we, we've seen him be a dominant, consistent pitcher in recent past years. And all of a sudden in a contract year, a year he should be shining. You know, he should be – he should have been considered for all-star status 
with the quality of pitches that we know he's capable of. And yet here we are talking about a guy who's like the biggest mystery. on. I would have to say Aaron Nola is the biggest mystery on this team, to be honest. I think it's fair. Yeah, I was thinking about that. If you look at it, you know, whether you like it or not, Schwarber's kind of being who he is, right? He's going he to yeah. break out a ton, low average, but he's going to hit home runs and all that. Harper, it's it's reasonable why he hasn't hit a lot of home runs because of the injury, but it, it's not like he hasn't been good and clutch. He has, um, you know, Trey Turner's, I, I would put in the uh, highly disappointing category. I don't know. You know, I, uh, surprising. It is surprising. He's been as bad as he's been, but I, I would say it's just disappointing more than anything else. And everybody else, you know, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Derek. I mean, I think he's, he's the great mystery here and how he goes in the second half could really determine how far they go. Like if Aaron Nola gets back to being Aaron Nola ace, you know, then this team's going to get on a, on a crazy run here. If he's just like he was in the first half, you're going to have to survive him. And they were able yeah. to do it in the first half, but we'll see. All right. So speaking of Schwarber, three home runs over the weekend uh, in three out of the four games, he looks like he's kind of getting there a little bit well, this could be the night that Bryce Harper plays first base. Um, which would be fascinating on a lot of fronts. He's never played it in his life, not at any level. He came up as a – did you know he was a catcher? He was a catcher yep. as a kid yep. and in high school, and then they converted him to the outfield, so he's never played first base. Um, they said at some point in this series he's going to play first, no announcement yet, but that will also get Schwarber into the uh, into the dugout and just DHing, which I think will actually – not only does it help the Phillies defense immensely, I think it'll help him. He can just kind of concentrate on hitting. So it could help him get better potentially. I, I hope so. I think the Phillies big boppers, and this is Harper included, have been swinging at so many bad pitches this year. I'm just flabbergasted. Turner, Harper, Schwarber. Yep. You know, all swinging at bad pitches. You know, Real Muto. Yep. All going after pitches way out of the zone. There was one, I can't remember if the game it was Friday or Saturday. Turner and Castellanos both swung him. One one of those two swung the pitch. That Castellanos, wait, it bounced. It it's bounced. Castellanos, wait. Yep, it was Castellanos, yeah. and he swung in the pitch. And I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? I know. I, I couldn't believe it. It looked like him last year. Sorry, I'm just fixing my my thing behind me. But but I I can't I can't lambaste him because I think he's been their most consistent hitter all year. He has no doubt. No doubt. You he know, was the guy who was carrying them when nobody was doing anything in the first. Oh half. my goodness. Yeah. But the fact that he, 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 and, and, and Turner's done it before swung in pitches way low and outside Harper yep. way low and outside inside mm-hmm. way in on the hands. And I'm like, what in the world? It's like an epidemic with this team. Yeah. And yet look at what they did in three consecutive games against the Padres. Yeah. Two of the games they had to come from behind and win those games. Timely hitting the timely hitting has come around. And from the guys who were struggling, the Turner, the Harpers, you know, guys like that. So this team can turn it on at any given moment. And, you know, right now they're on a little bit of a roll. They're only a half game behind Miami for second place. They've cut two games off the deficit with Atlanta. Uh, they're on a roll. Who knows? But that's baseball. You know, right. not one minute cold the next. Now it's true. Uh, Johan Rojas has come up and give him a little shot in the arm, which is nice. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, little youth movement. I, I'd be, you know, I'd be surprised. If we don't see him tonight, Derek, uh, at the you know certainly with the way things have gone for him and, and the impact, I mean he has he has the defensive play in the first game, 
and then the and then the you know uh, that later that night ends up getting three hits. So he's he certainly come right in and, and made his impact. You know, felt uh, and the you know the you, you're I, I look they have a nice situation with he and Marsh if those are the guys out there tracking. And I think if you know if, if Harper's playing first, that's probably what you're going to see. I would put Rojas in left, Marsh in center, Castellanos in right. Yeah. I think you got three guys that can cover ground uh, and get to a lot of balls in the gap, especially yep. in, in that left center gap between Marsh and Rojas. Yep. I think it would be perfect. And like you said, let Schwarber just focus on hitting, get his hitting mechanics right, um, and, and keep bombing away. Harper, I can't wait to see how this experiment works out. Yeah, I think if there was ever a time to put Harper in the field, and even if he boots one or two, it's against this Brewers team. The Brewers have, have the Brewers swept Cincinnati because of pitching, not hitting. Right. You know, the Brewers pitching has been okay. The 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 strength of the Brewers, like you said, is their pitching staff. But the pitching staff has also cost them a lot of games as well. Mm-hmm. And with this lineup the Phillies has, I expect the Phillies I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies swept the Brewers, to be honest with you. I wouldn't. Um Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't, yeah, maybe, uh, um, maybe I, 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 it's hard to say sweep. Cause first off, I just don't know what Noel is going to do tonight, but, uh, right. and, and the tough thing is tomorrow it's Sanchez who's been good to his credit. And then you get Walker in the, uh, in the day cap on, on Thursday. Look, I, I think two out of three, that's kind of where we're at at this point with this team. Uh, you are still trailing in the wild card. So you gotta, you gotta stack as many wins as you can possibly stack. Uh, you know, that much is, is for sure. Uh, I mentioned they're a half game out. If you look at the wild card standings, Derek, um, you know, it is super tight, even if you look behind them. So here's yep. here's the way it goes right now. You have uh, the Giants are a half game up on the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. Okay. They're your three teams that are in right now. Phillies yep. are just a half game back of, of both Arizona and Miami. Cincinnati's only two back of those two teams. So your first five are really bunched up. You have a 52 and 41 giant team, a 52 and 42 diamondback team, 53 and 43 Marlins, 51 and 42 Phillies and a 50 and 44 Reds. That is, that's serious right there. I think, I think Cincinnati and the Brewers are the two streakiest teams in the national league. Yeah. They've been jockeying back and forth for first place for the past three or four weeks. And when they get, when Cincinnati's on point, uh, they're really good in terms mm-hmm. of hitting their point. But then they go through a spell like they did against the Brewers. And they're young, which means they and may not know how to deal with yep. the ups and downs as much. Yep. And, yeah. and you look at the Brewers, same thing. Brewers win five, they lose five. They win three, they lose four. They win four, they lose three. There's no consistency with either one of those teams. Mm-hmm. So the Phillies, if they can stay on this even keel, keep this thing going, they'll be right where they need to be. Yeah, I agree. And, and look, the great thing also, let me point out, is you're getting – Awesome contributions from from the younger guys on this Phillies team, Bryson Stott. You know, I was looking at I was looking at some other stuff, and I just you know let me dig in on here on these guys. Stott's hitting three hundred this year. He's at three hundred three with a three forty on base at a four thirty one slugging percentage. He's already got one hundred five hits. Brandon Marshall, we don't talk about much for his bat. Has had a solid no. year at the plate. He's hitting yes, two eighty. Yeah, two eighty is pretty good. Yeah, it um, is. And and the other thing is, while Bo may not do it with home runs. He figures out a way to drive in runs. He's got 58 runs driven in this season with only nine home runs, which means that's a lot of clutch hitting, you know, with guys on base a lot. Bowman, Bowman, Marsh, both are, are, are very good spray hitters. 
Yeah. They hit the all fields well. They run the bases well. They're not blazers on the bases, but they run the bases well, and they play solid defense. They have perfect complement to the big money players on this team and have been significant in the success of this team as well. Yeah. Um, I like I like the nucleus this Phillies team has of both young and, and, and seasoned vets on this team. I think it meshes very well for them. Yeah, and what you hope is just a little more consistency out of Schwarber. Uh, Rail Muto, for sure, would fit in that category at the plate with a little bit more consistency, although he had some big hat hits this weekend, that's for sure. Yep. Um, and, you know, you get that. Harper's going to be fine. Castellanos, we know what kind of year he's had, although he's he's a little cool right now, but I think he'll pick it back up. Um, they're, I think they set up good. I think they set up good. And we're two weeks away from the trade deadline. So yep. August 1st is when they'll, they'll make a decision. I think it's going to be multiple things. I think it's going to be an outfielder, and I think it's going to be either a reliever or a yeah. starter. Yeah, I would lean more towards a reliever just because I don't know about the health situation of Alvarado and uh, and Sir Anthony Dominguez. I would worry about those two guys a little bit in terms of – because they both bounce back and forth between the injured list and, and and you know, being able to pitch. So just a little worried about them coming down the stretch. I think you're a tiny bit short in the bullpen with arms, just a little bit. If you go get an outfielder, who, who's the odd man out? Well, I think what ends up happening is you could be looking at some kind of platoon situation with Pache and, and Marsh. Uh, maybe in center, and whoever you wow. get plays left, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Wow. Or you can mix and match. I mean, you, you could you could platoon a little bit and left with whoever you acquire, too. I, I think it's going to be – I think they are going to do that because I think they just feel like they need a little bit more power, just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so right. we'll see. All right, let's come back. Zach Berman's going to join us from The Athletic. We'll talk birds uh, one week from camp for the Eagles. We'll do that when we return. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about ProAction Restoration. ProAction Restoration is the place that you turn to if your home, business, or property you own goes through the inconvenience and the pain of water, fire, smoke, or mold damage. ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I know that personally because it happened to me years ago at my parents' house, and it was a Saturday. And I'm thinking, we're not going to be able to get anybody over here until, you know, at best case Monday, and God knows what this damage is going to do. Nope. Called them. The crew was right out there. They cleaned it up. Uh, they they diagnosed what the problem was. The crew was great. The price was right. I mean, it couldn't have been a better experience. They are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So, you know, it could be even more than this, but water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, there might be something else that you're not really sure how to handle. Well, they're the people that you reach out to. Here's the number, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. 
United Healthcare. back thanks for hanging out on this tuesday we do appreciate it we are sports take jacob sports youtube network haven't had a chance to talk to our next guest in a while always great catching up with him talking eagles and nfl does an awesome job covering the birds uh for the athletic you can follow him on twitter at z berm the one and only zach berman what's up zach hey thanks for having me on good to see you guys you too, love, zach. Man. how's your summer time? man anything yeah. interesting what what's uh what what, what are we done gotten away at all what what's uh what's um, I'm no. running down the training camp. I have some other projects that I've been working on, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes here, but excited for training camp to begin next week. Beautiful. You gave, you gave me a brief insight on what you were doing last week. I don't want to give it away if you're not giving it away, but I can't wait to see the finished product when you're done with it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say it generally, not specifically. I've been working on a book. Um, it's going to take some time here to finish that. And, and, and then I, uh, I also have been teaching a class at Colorado State University virtually. So nice. been busy, but all wow. good stuff and excited now, as I said, for camp to begin. Awesome, Zach. All right. So it is it is different. I know you you tweeted out earlier this morning. Uh, it, it's interesting the way it's changed, right? We thought, oh, my God, they're leaving Lehigh. Like, what are they doing? They're going to the NovaCare complex. This is going to be so unique. 25 of the 32 teams now work out of their own facilities. I mean, the days of – there's a few left. There's a few holdouts. I believe Andy Reid's still one of them, right, and the Steelers, et cetera. But there aren't many left who don't do it at their own place, Zach. Yeah, and I certainly understand why, right? Uh, not to take away from the facilities at Lehigh University, but if you go there and you see where they're practicing, the indoor facility, where they're sleeping, like the dorm rooms, and then you compare it to what they have in South Philly, at, at the facility where it's built for football play, for professional football players, the training facility, the weight room, the, uh, the cafeteria, they have their chefs, they have their doctors, they have their trainers. Everything's right there on site. They have their grounds crew, everything you need, right? And then they're staying in a hotel at night. They're not staying in the, in the dorms. From a fan's perspective, I feel for fans who make that tr- who made that trek up the Northeast Extension to Lehigh University. I, I covered it there at, at Lehigh. There is something special right. about those August days at Lehigh. From a football perspective, 100%, it makes sense to have it at your team facility. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, Zach, from a writer's perspective or a TV, a radio person's perspective, it's always nice to put in that grind of the heat and the humidity and be able to retire to your own home <laughs> instead of a hotel room. Yes, that now now I, I gotta be careful here in case my wife's watching. It is good to come home <laughs> at night. Um, so I'll say that. But but you know what it's like when you're covering it there and yep. and it's the only thing you're doing. Yep. Right. There's no other distractions. Andy Reid had those two a days. So you're there first thing in the morning and you're there until nine o'clock at night. 
and you you see the players getting to their cars, coming out of their cars. Uh, access is not restricted. It, from a reporting perspective, Lehigh was much better. From a lifestyle <laughs> perspective, <laughs> South Philly is much better. I you said you're like the perfect politician. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you never know who you never know who's listening or who's walking around the house. All right, yeah, trust true. me. Uh, all right, Zach. So let, let's uh, let's look at this. Let's go to the defensive side here, and you know, different, different for sure. Uh, with Sean Desai, with some of the coaching moves and, and some of the departures and, and new names for you. If you just kind of, if I ask you this more general than anything else, what are you most curious? I w- I'll put it that way to see from a defensive standpoint as this thing starts from a defensive standpoint, first I, I would say personnel. I, I know the, the, the popular answer is probably the size scheme and I get that. And, and yeah. that is applicable here, but they're replacing both linebackers and both safeties. And there were, there were, there were, they were, they are replacing a pro bowl caliber defensive tackle. Um, and they were remarkably healthy uh, at many of positions and they didn't really have their depth tested and they're going to have that. I presume just the law of averages with injuries, their depth is going to be tested this year. So I'm by most interested to see how do these linebackers look? How do these safeties look? Uh, how do the, the depth corners look? How do the depth edge rushers look? How's Jalen Carter developing? How's Jordan Davis developing to me? It's, it's, it's about the players first. And, I made a point of mentioning the linebackers and the safeties at the top of that answer because there are big question marks there. And last year when I was watching practice, and anyone watching practice, this wasn't just me, it was very clear they needed help at safety. Uh, It was clear to those watching, even though the front office and the coaching staff wasn't saying it, it was clear to them too. So they go and they trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, right? Uh, And so I, uh, are they forced to do the same thing a linebacker this year? Hmm. If, If Morrow's not where he needs to be, do they need to trade for a second linebacker with N'Kobe Dean? Like there, there's, there's a lot I want to see personnel wise. And then I want to see how does Terrell Edmonds look? How Sidney Brown look? There's, there's so many variables there with those two positions in particular. Uh, that's what I'm most interested in watching. Zach, I'm glad you brought up the linebacking spot. And, and one of my questions is, can Christian Ellis push Morrow for the will side backer spot? I mean, we know what Christian Ellis did in terms of, you know, special teams, but does he have the attributes to push for a starting role on the outside? I think, I think Christian Ellis can push part of it's by default yeah. in that there's, there's not a loaded depth chart there, but that's often, that's, that's what it takes to break through is just that opportunity. So uh, I, I don't want to discount Morrow because he, he has significant starting experience in this league. He has speed. Ellis gives you more size. And if you, Kind of look at those two positions. N'Kobe Dean's probably more similar playing style to what Kaiser White was. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you, 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 you hear often that these are interchangeable positions, and, and yep. I get that. But if you want more size on the field, then that's what Christian Ellis can provide for you. Okay. Zach, Nolan Smith, will, will he have a similar role um, to what we saw from, from say, N'Kobe Dean? And, well, Jordan Davis played a little bit more. I, I understand that. But will – but will he, or will he be in the rotation in your estimation? Will this be more of a red shirt if everybody stays healthy, or will he be part of the mix? No, I expect him to be part of the mix because at edge rusher, you're you're rotating those guys, and you're you're going to play four or five players mm-hmm. there. Uh, I mean, Derek Barnett's status is 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 TBD here, mm-hmm. but 
Smith goes in as the number four edge rusher, and he's going to have a a definite role on this team. Now, it's not going to be 50% of the snaps or anything like that, but there will be third downs where, where you have Nolan Smith on the field and it's go after the quarterback and show me that athleticism, show me that speed, and show me that length. And I think he, he can do that. And I'm expecting Nolan Smith to be a factor this year. It mm-hmm. would really surprise me if his year is comparable to N'Kobe Dean. The, the, the distinction there is you're not taking your linebackers off the field, but you are taking your edge rushers off the field. Okay. We, we, we've heard so many great accolades about Jalen Carter. Should we proceed with caution? Because there is a definitive time when a, a college player has to make that transition and settle in as a professional player. You know, he was considered one of the elite players coming out in the college ranks this year. But because of the uncertainty of not knowing what a decide defense is going to look like, should we proceed with caution when we when we start looking at Jalen Carter? No, uh, I would not. Uh, <laughs> I like that answer. Caution. He yeah. is. I mean, as a football player, right? Because there were there were legitimate off the field questions there, and the Eagles would tell you the same thing. As a football player, he is awesome. He is awesome, and uh, there is a transition. I I, I don't want to downplay the transition from college to the NFL. There right. is a transition, but Jalen Carter, when you watched him at Georgia, you said what he can do there, he can do at the NFL, and just in terms of the the strength and the blend of athleticism and the size uh, he's, he's going to be a factor this year. It wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the season, he's the top defensive tackle on the roster. I concur with that. All right, let's go to the other side, Zach. Let's look at the running backs. Um, Is this committee? Is it hot hand? Is it somebody's a leader in the clubhouse in your estimation going in? How do you view these, these, I'll say four, but I'm mostly talking Penny and Swift, at least as far as the starters go. Well, it's a committee, but DeAndre Swift's the top of that committee, in my opinion. And I think Swift is going to be a huge player on this team this year from the way he can run the ball to the way he can catch the ball. uh, It would really surprise me if, if Swift does not have his best season as a pro with the Eagles. Now they are going to mix in Gainwell and they are going to mix in Penny. I think it's hard to rely upon Penny. Evidence shows he's not going to play a full season for you. And I, I, I know you can't always judge what happened in the past and say it's going to happen in the future. But uh, if a player gets hurt every year, you, you can't be surprised if they get hurt again this year. And so I, I think that there's, there's a degree of wish, for, you know, they, they recognize going in the risk with Penny. They also know the reward. They know that even if you have him for 10 games, he is such a strong runner and he can really be a factor there. But Swift is going to be their top guy, in my opinion. And I I would really be – it's like I would buy DeAndre Swift's stock now mm. because I think he's going to have his best season as a pro. Mm. Wow. All right. With that said, Zach, I'm going to put you in a category of agree or disagree. I believe the Eagles running game will still be one of the top two or three in the national football league, but I do not think they will have a 1000 yard rusher. Agree or disagree there. Uh, I would agree there. I think that, that there's going to be a lot of yards split Mm -hmm. among different players. I don't think they're going to have a thousand yard rusher because of that. Mm -hmm. The caveat is Jalen Hurts could be a thousand yard rusher. And yeah. I say that yeah. I everywhere I turn, people I talk to, people people I read, 
It's well, well, they're going to scale back Jalen Hurts' is running. Says who, right? What? Um, because you know the when Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, you're signing up for the full Jalen Hurts experience. What makes Jalen Hurts a 250 plus million dollar quarterback is because he's so dynamic as a passer and as a runner. It would surprise me if they limited Jalen Hurts' running. Now there are things you can do in terms of how how many hits he's taking, taking away some unnecessary runs. But Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball because that's what he does exceedingly well. And uh, if he runs it enough, he'll be a th- he he has the ability to be a thousand yard rusher. What do you, Zach? In your estimate, and look, he had an unbelievable year last year, no denying it. What do you think he needs to do better? Would you so, like to see him improve upon? Let me put it to you that way. Yes, I mean. If they could take last year, they should sign up for that. I all. agree with you. Take but, that for um, the next seven years. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's kind of it's an obvious answer to say stay healthy, right? Yeah. You don't want your quarterback on the training table in, in December. That, that's mostly out of his control, though. Yeah. To me, the big thing is this: the the baseline. When the conversation is when there's conversation about Jalen Hurts, it's often what's his ceiling, and he'll tell you there is no ceiling, or What's the next gear in his game? To me, it's it's what's the baseline performance? Is he so good on a week-to-week basis that simply him being your quarterback gives you a chance to win that game? Um, because there's so much attention to paid. There's so much attention paid to outstanding performance. I'm more interested in regular performance. What's your typical performance? What's you know, if you're having a bad Sunday, what's your bad Sunday look like? And if his bad Sunday is is still putting you in a position to win good football games, it, I'm sorry, to beat good football teams, then that's a good outcome. So uh, what I want to see is the consistent performance from him. All right, Zach, who emerges as the number three receiver on this team? So the number three wide receiver, I yep. think it's going to be Quez. I still think it's going to be Quez Watkins. Okay. Unless they trade him, I, I, I still think they're going to have a role for him. Zacchaeus is going to be in there. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, now that I, I remember, I, I used to say I, I only need to know how to spell it. And then I started doing television with you guys and I need to know how to say it. As well. um, He's a tough but, on both ends. Alameda yeah, yeah. Zacchaeus is tough yeah. on both ends. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, their, their, their top three pass catchers are AJ, Devontae, and Dallas Goddard. Yep. But I think the fourth pass catcher is going to be DeAndre Swift. I think oh, they're going to okay. they're going to throw the ball to the running back more this year than they have in the past. I think that I don't want I don't think that's going to take away from the running game, but I think that's going to be a, a, an extension of the running game this year. And Swift is a better pass catcher than Miles Sanders, and I think they're going to utilize that. Mm. How about right guard, Zach? I get, I get asked a lot about yeah. that, whether it's Jurgens, whether it's Steen. Does yeah. Steen really have a chance, et cetera? And I know some people are concerned about maybe size to an extent, but, but where do you see that going? Yeah, so I, I think that it's going to be Cam Jurgens' job to lose, but I think Taylor Steen's going to have an opportunity to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I say that size is not the only factor there, but Tyler Steen is a bigger he's, – he's a bigger person than Jurgens. Jurgens has outstanding athleticism and he has really good strength for his size. And I think Jurgens can win that job. But but Jurgens has has been a center in his career until last year right. uh, when they used him at guard there, right? Now, Steen has been a tackle 
until he he played guard in, at the Senior Bowl. I think that conversion from tackle to guard might be, I don't want to say easier to do, but I think it 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 might be. I think that conversion might be easier for Steen than the conversion for Jurgens is to guard. Mm. Uh, and so we'll see how that goes. I still think it's going to be Jurgens' job, but I think Steen's going to push him. And I, I think there's there's legitimate reason to be excited about Tyler Steen. Do you expect the offense to be basically the same with Brian Johnson out at the helm, or do you, do you expect it to see him try to put his own little niche on it also? A little bit of well, I say a little bit of both. That's not answering your question. It's still the Eagles' offense. It's still right, you know right. Nick Sirianni's still installing this offense, and uh, Jalen Hurts is still the quarterback. And age, yep. you know, it's it's still the same system. Yeah. Uh, but there's a different person with his finger on the button, and Brian Johnson's going to have his own way of calling games and his and his and his own taste and his own style. I think maybe to the naked eye. It won't be much different, but I but but there could be tendency differences that uh, that are specific to Brian Johnson, and I think you know I'm uh, it, this is something I'm I'm going to write about, um, but I, I I will make this point on the show with 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 you guys is that there's so much attention paid to Brian Johnson's relationship with Jalen Hurts. Brian Johnson's the offensive coordinator on this team because he's a darn good football coach, right? He he. If Brian Johnson wasn't the offensive coordinator with the Eagles this year, he'd be the offensive coordinator somewhere else. He's not the offensive coordinator because of Jalen Hurts. He's the offensive coordinator because he knows what he's doing. And uh, I think you're going to see that with Brian Johnson this year. Hey, let me ask you about uh, uh, Keely Ringo. He was one of the later guys to get in here, Zach. But he's in, you know, bottom line. Fourth rounder, really good size. Um, ultimately, is he projected as a corner or a safety in their estimation? I think he's he's an outside corner. Okay. I think that's the way, at least initially, they're they're going into this. That he'll be, he'll have time to develop, right? I, I mean, they they have obviously Slay and Bradbury, and they signed Greedy Williams, uh, but he's he's an outside corner. I think he's an eventual starter at that position if he develops on this track. Okay. Hey, Zach, because I love getting under Rob's skin, I want you to verify something. Here for we me. go. Um, that Sippos is going to be punting for this team this year. Well, there's a competition there too, right? Yeah. Um, but he's done it in games, and that gives him the advantage. Uh, that, Look at face. I just, <laughs> you know, there's a reason they brought him back for the Super Bowl last year, oh. right? Um, he's he's someone who has good chemistry, obviously, with Jake Elliott in the kicking game. But – Howie Roseman is very protective about uh, about his his ninety roster spots, and he doesn't usually spend two two roster spots on a punter. And the fact that he's spending two roster spots on a punter this year shows you that they at least want to have an in earnest competition during camp. In the past, when this has come up, and I've spoken to multiple um, special teams coaches about this, where they say your competition is the rest of the league, right? It's a, it's a position where. They can bring in someone the next day, and he can be on the field. There, there's no scheme yeah. to learn. But the fact that they're using two roster spots on punters show you that they want to have a competition here. Okay, thank you, Zach. It makes me feel a little bit better, even though Derek wasn't trying to make me feel better. Uh, all right, let me hit you with this. You look at let, let's look at the body of the NFC here. Um, you know, Cowboys, Niners clearly, you know, seem to be the the, the other two along with the Eagles as far as the big three. Where do you see it after that? 
Who's your next team if you were kind of ranking, you know, competition in that in that conference? <laughs> well, this is not a particularly good conference. Um, when yeah, you look yeah, at it a big fall off from the AFC for sure. You know, I think yeah. I, I mean I think the Cowboys. You mentioned them in the big three. I I think the Cowboys should not be dismissed among your viewers yep. uh, because they are going to be a really good team this year. Um, so you so you mentioned the Niners there. I'm curious how the Seahawks look. Mm-hmm. I I you know there's a lot riding on Geno Smith, uh, but they have talent elsewhere on the field. Uh, you got to wonder, are the Vikings going to take a step back this year, right? They've made some changes here. Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking out, out loud. Saints, I, I, th- I think the Lions can be tough. Right. I think the Lions are a team that came on last year, and I like some of the moves that they've made during the offseason. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sold on the South. Um, so what's your, what's your one, you know, and I think the Rams have gone back as well this year. Yep. So mm-hmm. this is a, this is a bad conference, but I think the Niners and the Cowboys are going to be really good teams. And then you got to wonder, do any of these young quarterbacks emerge like this? Does Bryce young make mm-hmm. the Panthers look like a, a much different team? Um, you know, are the Falcons with, with Desmond Ritter can, can they push? There's 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 a lot of variables here, but I I, I do think this is this is three teams. I'm I'm surprised you didn't include uh, the Saints in that with with Derek Carr down there now, and especially if Michael Thomas is all the way back to go to go to go along with Olave. Yeah, I, I suppose you could, but I I mean I don't think the Saints are. I think the Saints are higher on them than I are on them. I'll put it that way, okay. and you know. There was a reason why the Eagles made that trade with the Saints a year ago, uh, because I think they, I think the Saints were higher on their team last year than the Eagles were, and I could see the same being the case this year. Uh, they, they need to prove it. I, 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 I like getting Derek. I, I think Derek Carr has been a solid quarterback to a good quarterback with Vegas and Oakland before that, right? But I, I'm not, I'm not sold on putting him in or putting them in the top of the NFC right now. Zach, what do you think about what's going on with the running backs? You know, we've seen it with Saquon and Josh Jacobs and, you know, Tony Pollard, et cetera. And we've seen him, Derek, and I'll get into this a little bit more in the next segment, but a lot of their, a lot of guys who already are established with decent deals coming out saying, you know, this is a joke, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, is there any leverage? They have any leg to stand on, or is this just kind of where it's going to keep going and it may get worse for these guys? I don't want to say it's going to keep getting worse for these guys and and you like anyone getting paid. Right. But in any business, it often comes down to supply and demand and running backs position where at least in the NFL, they, they, they tend to think that there's, there's a lot of supply that, that you can, you can draft a running back. You can sign a running back. You can develop a running back and you don't need to pay a top running back. Whereas it's much harder to find, a top left tackle or a top wide receiver or a top edge rusher. Um, or that player has a, has a bigger material effect on the game. And as in anything, there, there can be a tipping point where um, if the salary becomes too low, then maybe there can be some type of inefficiency in the market that you can exploit. But I, I tend to think for, for however, whatever criticisms are levied against the Eagles. They do a good job reading the market and in terms of valuing players. And I just think when you look at the way they've operated here over the past, you know, ever since really uh, 
2016, right? They let go of DeMarco Murray. Um, ever since that point with how they've approached the running back position, I think is representative of what a lot of smarter teams around the league are doing. If you have an elite one, you pay him early, um, but, but, you, but you don't pay him in the middle of his, of his career. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see the direction this goes. I, I'm not one to say – like I, I, I think running backs are really important. I don't think it's a position that's, that's, that's not important. I just think that there is a supply of really good running backs or productive running backs more so than, you know, the demand to pay them. Mm. Uh, last one from me, Zach, when we were going through the, you know, the big three or whatever, uh, none of us brought up the giants or the, or Washington. Uh, should we have, uh, how much do, do you think, you know, the giants were a team that made the playoffs last year, Washington, you know, depending on how it looks with Eric B and if Sam Howell can play could maybe be in, in competition as well. How, how real do you think those two teams are? When you're talking about Super Bowl contenders, no. Playoff contenders, sure, we'll have that conversation, right? I mean, the Giants were in there last year, and mm-hmm. they won a playoff game. Uh, Washington, we'll see how Sam Howell does. I think they have really good personnel on defense, and you know, I, I like what they have at wide receiver. You know, there's there's some things to like there. Uh, but from a, from the perspective of, all right, you're you're going to win tough games on the road. Because ultimately, un- unless you're the number one seed or the number two seed, you're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs and, and, and win tough games. And if you're, you know, four, five, six, seven seed, right, you're going to have to win multiple tough games on the road. And I don't know if, if those are the teams that I would bet on doing so. I, I think the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners can go into any of the other team stadiums and beat them. Um, but I, I, I don't know if I'd say the same for the Giants in Washington. I, I agree with you that Dallas is a talented team. Do you think just the additions of Brandon Cook and Stephon Gilmore makes them that much better, just those two players alone on both sides of the ball? Well, that and I think they're returning. You know, they're returning a lot of talent. I think Dak is – is. It, it, I, I think Dak puts you in position to win games. Okay. I think Micah Parsons is, is as, as good of a pass rusher as there is in the NFL. Uh you know, you look, Tony Pollard, we, we talked about running backs not getting paid big money, but Tony Pollard is, is the type of back who can change a game. Uh, they have talent on both lines of scrimmage. They, you know, they, they have a good I, – I think they have good coaching, at, at, at least that defensive coordinator, right? They may yep. change an offensive coordinator that I, I don't know if it's a net positive for them. We'll see. But I think Dan Quinn's a really good defensive coordinator. And – will will give you tough matchups. So yeah, so I I I think I would put the Cowboys in in that category. And I think the Cowboys are equipped to go deep in the playoffs and be a Super Bowl team. All right, Zach. One more week, man. And the craziness begins. Yeah, we're we are we're all excited. We always excited to talk to you, man. Again, follow Zach at Zberm on Twitter and all of his great work at the athletic he covers the eagles uh for the athletic does an awesome job with the with the nfl in general but and, and also uh if you haven't already grab underdogs yeah it is a phenomenal yeah. read you, i think you can yeah. see it uh on the on the bookshelf behind on us the bookshelf here, yeah there's over a few your of them right there. shoulder yes. I, w- I would love to sell these copies behind me so uh yeah let's, let's keep selling <laughs> let's empty that bookshelf people <laughs> exactly let's go all right exactly. Zach. Thank i you. appreciate Take it care. thanks have appreciate a good day you, Zach Merman of the athletic. All right, Gunner, let's keep the NFL momentum rolling here. Let's get a timeout. We'll show you some tweets from guys, the, the running backs who already have their deals 
Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, who are none too happy with what's going on with their running back brethren. So we'll show you some of that. Uh, As I mentioned, we'll continue our greatest series. We're going to do the Buffalo Bills today. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610 610- 850 2848 Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. 
Rack. We are back. Hour number three of the program. Just wrap things up with Zach Berman. If you missed any of that, go to jacobsports.com or Jacob Sports YouTube channel. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Uh, all right. So uh, a couple things, Derek. Uh, we mentioned, just to reiterate for people who didn't hear a little bit earlier, so the Eagles are a week away, but there are teams whose rookies are reporting today. Falcons, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Dolphins, Saints, uh, Giants. And as you mentioned, the Jets tomorrow. So the interesting thing, um, they, it, it seems like at least, I don't know if it was as simple as because they didn't want to do it, but it seems like the Jets have a little bit more um, say or editorial control in you know what they're going to be able to do as far as hard knocks go goes. Um they're they're they don't they're not going to let the cameras in for when guys get cut. We, you know we know that much, but there's just going to be a little bit less access. So I don't know ultimately what that looks like. Um, you know we'll we'll have to find out. I, frankly, I've I've lost a little bit of interest. I still do watch it, but I I, I used to be just yeah. chomping at the bit, yeah. man, for for that thing to come out. I don't I'm not the same way anymore. I don't know about um, you. I agree, but I think my interest is peaked because there's so new, so much newness to this Jets team now uh, yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. I want to hear what he has to say about the Jets. And, you know, he's very good at slipping in little jabs at Green Bay. I want to hear what he has to say there. I want to see him getting on the same page with these new receivers, that he had new collection of receivers, as well as the old guard he brought with him there. I want to see what this Jets defense looks like. I want to hear – I want to see the swag they have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on that defense. I think it piques my interest this year a little bit more than it has – in recent years when you had Detroit on, I would peek in at Detroit, you know, but Detroit, like, eh, you know, you expected Detroit to be the same old team losing more than they won, but lo and behold, they turned out, they turned the season around and, and, and finished uh, on the brink of getting in the playoffs at, mm-hmm. at nine and eight. Um, but I, I think I'll watch a little closer now because of all the drama surrounding how this team went through the off season and held everybody at bay as they tried to finalize this Aaron Rodgers deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, it is going to be different for sure. And you do wonder, uh, you know, how much, how, how honest he will be, but he's usually got as a pull a lot of punches. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know you talked about it. I didn't get a chance to watch any of it, but I'm, I'm hoping again to get to watch some of it today. Uh, but the, the, the quarterback, the Netflix quarterback documentary, uh, will return for a second season. They've they've already locked wow. that in. It's doing so well. Yeah, I, I just saw this a couple minutes ago. So it, it, quarterback will officially be back. Uh, Peyton Manning, who's the executive producer, said last week during an appearance with Pat McAfee, the show will return in 2024. Uh, they've been greenlit already by Netflix. They're excited. They don't know who it's going to be yet in terms of the quarterbacks. So they're still figuring that part of it out. But there will definitely be a, a year number two. Um, I, I yeah. think – I think you will be hard pressed to equal what you did this year. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times when you have that initial success, any follow-up in movies or anything is always hard to equal, but you had the creme de la creme and Patrick Mahomes who finished off unbelievable, finished off the year with a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You had Kirk Cousins who, who has gone through the trials and tribulations of, he was like what one in three or zero in three in playoff games in his whole career. Yeah. And then, of course, they bow out against a Giants team they had just beaten a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then you had the trials and tribulations of Marcus Mariota, who was this highly touted draft pick, uh, whose career has basically fizzled out in a lot of ways. He's become a journeyman. And, of course, he didn't get to finish what he started down in Atlanta. And as you see in the series, 
he will fade out in the series as well. But three great different storylines. And, and, and when you say that now, I'm trying to think, who would be three colorful enough characters next year to follow for an entire season in an eight-part series? And I, and I would say Jalen Hurts is not a quarterback because he doesn't say a whole lot. Well, but isn't that what makes it interesting? Like, if like to me, and I get it, I'm I'm biased because I'd like to see him just because he's the Eagles' quarterback. But I, I think because he's not the outspoken one, because he's the quiet one, maybe, and people really have a hard time. Like he, he's a very private guy. Like maybe they feel like they could, you know, unveil something or reveal something. And and I think he'd be a guy I would if I'm Omaha Productions and and Peyton Manning, I would. I think I try and get him. I do. Um, I don't know if he would be at the top of my priority list because he's well spoken, articulate, well thought out, no question. But I think he's he's just this even keel guy who d- just wants to go about his business. You look at a Patrick Mahomes is as colorful as they come. Yeah, he talks a mile a minute. Kirk Cousins, uh, very animated, talks about his highs and lows of his career, and Marcus Mariota, same way, the highs. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has not had highs and lows. He's been right here. He's been ascending up the ladder, and he gives you what you want to hear, but he's very monotone when he does it. I'm, I'm trying to think in terms of characters. Now, well, the, new guard, the new guard of quarterbacks, we don't know what kind of character. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, we don't really know what kind of characters they may be. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in terms of some other quarterbacks in the league. Would you would you, would you watch because of Kyler Murray, but or would it be a turnoff because of all the stuff we've heard about him off the field? I, right. I, that does, he doesn't interest me, and they're so bad. No. I'm not interested. No, he doesn't interest me because of the stuff you've heard about him. Yeah. Um. What about uh, a Josh Allen? I, uh, Josh Allen, I'd be interested in because he is outspoken because he has been very critical of himself. I'd want to see him. I'd want to see Tua. I, I, frankly, I Tua, look, and I'm not right. trying to I'm not trying to be I'm not rooting for injuries here. But considering what he went through last year, I want to see him navigate an NFL season with some of the stuff yes. he's been through. Yes. And I want to hear him having conversations with Mike McDaniel who's a different cat. You know, yeah. I want to I want to yeah. hear those conversations. Would, I think I'd be you- interested. Would you want to see Aaron Rodgers in a, in a format like yeah, that? I would. You know, um, Justin Herbert doesn't say like he gives you all the cliche answers. Yeah, gives you all the company answers. I mean, Burrow's interesting. He, he's a swagger kind of guy. Burrow, there's an there's another one I'd be interested in. What about Russell? Yes, I would love to see what he what's going on with him and Peyton. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Let's see who else out there. Um, I mean, Derek Carr navigating New Orleans, maybe. Uh, uh, Derek Carr is, is a straight laced guy; it doesn't say a, a whole lot. See, Derek Carr wouldn't wouldn't hold my interest. What I think about? I would try and do one of the rookies, Derek. I get that angle of it, whether yeah. it's Bryce yeah. Young or or whomever, CJ Stroud. I would want to get one of those guys, and then and then pair him with a couple of vets. I think that would be. I think pretty interesting. The contrast of of Russell Wilson, who's been around forever, with one of the young guys. That might be kind of cool, you know, to see what that looks like. That's that's a good point. That's a, I'll, I'll go with that. What about if he's still a starting quarterback in the league? What about a Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I mean He'll, that too because he's teetering on, you know, yeah. not being a starter and or you know, I'm not saying his career is going to be over, but he's teetering on not being an NFL starter. So yeah, and, I would, and he'll yeah. speak his mind whether you agree with him or not. True, he's very visible commercials. 
Um, you know, he's he's he, he was a high draft pick. Now he's a he's like a he's like a, a Marcus Mariota. Yes, he's become a journeyman. You know, yes. but he's he'll say stuff off the cuff. You know, Marcus Mariota is very calculated, very reserved about what he says. Not going to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, you don't know what he's going to say from one moment to the next. Yeah, I'm I'm in. I, I think any of those would would uh, would work for me. So, uh, according to Colin Cowherd, the Rams approached Matthew Stafford about restructuring his deal, and he shot them down. Um, so, the the way this works with his contract, I, I didn't realize he was making this kind of money. But, oh, yeah. um, so the Rams, after they won the Super Bowl, gave him a huge deal, sixty three million fully guaranteed at signing. Yep, fifty seven that became fully guaranteed in March of this past year that's 120 million in full guarantees over two years for a quarterback you know who's had his fair share of injuries for a team that looks like it's going south um so you know they're 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 trying to get this thing you know negotiated but he won't have any parts of it there you go he won't have any he won't have any parts of restructuring nope that's not a real leader then you know if you know you want to get back to being one of the elite teams you're making way more money than anybody else on the team except maybe Aaron Donald. Yep. But you're not willing to restructure knowing that you'll get your money back somewhere else, whether it's front loaded in a in a bonus pay or yeah, that tells me you're all about you and not the team. Thirty one million guaranteed in twenty twenty four for Stafford. Jeez. Yep. Oh my Woo. Um it's a good thing they won it, man. That that GM was just like I'm going to do whatever it takes and we'll figure everything out afterwards. And now they're, now they're in the, you know, the midst of figuring everything out afterwards. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fascinating to see where that thing goes. Justin Fields says that he's already one of the top five running backs in NFL history, running quarterbacks in NFL history. Agree or disagree? I would have to agree. You look at his numbers. I, I don't NFL history? History. I mean, you're talking Randall and, you know, and some of the other guys who could really, you know, run back in the day. How many quarterbacks have put up 1,000 yards in a season? Yeah, I'd like to see that stat. Lamar Jackson. Randall never put up 1,000. I think it's – is it only Lamar and Justin Fields? Mm. Yeah, I'd like to know know more about what he's basing that on, you know – in NFL history, he's too young to even mention history associated with I mean. like when I when I hear oh Michael Vick did too. Um Mick okay. Vick and, and Lamar. Like when when I until Justin Fields did it. I, I that when I hear that, I'm like, dude, like just just give yourself a couple of years. And I and I yeah, you know, I know he was great with his wheels last year, but just slow it down a little. History. You know, you want to say you're the best runner in the game? Okay. Okay. But yeah, give me a give it a little time. That's all. yeah. Okay, I agree with you there. Um, all right. So um, beyond that, uh, a couple other odds and ends. It never stops with the Redskins. All right, let me get to these the running back tweets first. I want to do that first. Um, all right. So we know that Barkley, Jacobs, and Pollard did not uh, you know get the deals they had hoped for. So let's take a look, Tone. Let's bring those up. The uh, here is some of their running back brethren and the support that they gave them. Let's start with uh, with Derrick Henry. At, regarding the running back salaries. At this point, uh, just take the running back position out of the game then. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can, 
to give their all to an organization just seem like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Okay, that's good. Let's keep going. Let's keep it moving. How about Austin Eckler? Uh, this is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his bag. So that that's off of that Matt Miller tweet that's the subtweet underneath. It's yep. saying it for years, draft a running back, play a running back. If he's good, keep, you can edge up a little bit there, Tone, if you could, please. Uh, if you could go up a, a touch. There you go. If it, there, there you go. If he's good, franchise tag the running back one time, then you know, get rid of them and draft a running back. So that that's the mindset, and that's what those guys are reacting to part of it. All right. Well, Chris, doing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we go to Christian McCaffrey. This is criminal. Uh, three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. And he's referring to Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Tony Pollard. Okay. I agree. Christian McCaffrey. And then uh, we advance now to Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Keep going, Tone, if you could. Uh, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. Then doesn't matter. You're a running back. So, so true. This guy's all have good points. Uh, Najee Harris, you know, shake my head, crazy. Um, no long-term deals for any of those guys, as we see. And then uh, is, I think was there, was that the last one? I think that was Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I think we have one more. If you want to keep going, uh, I agree with running backs around the NFL history will show you that they need running backs to win. Uh, we set the tone every game. We run through walls for our team and lead in yep. many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got it. Um, and then lastly, but not least, uh, you keep going there. Tone. Thank you. Um, yes. Josh Jacobs uh, agrees. Exclamation points. Saquon, it is what it is. He's frustrated naturally as you, as you would expect. Um, yeah. So look, this is, um, it's a situation where, you know, supply and demand, as we talked about with Zach Berman a little bit earlier, and they feel like these guys, they're going to use, they're gonna, here's what it is. Chew them up, spit them out. Let's get another one in here cheaper. And we keep moving. That's the approach to that position. And it's not um, like that other positions, but it, it is with that one. When, when you take into consideration the other positions that are getting paid, and getting paid handsomely, 70, 80, 90 million dollars. Those numbers keep going up. How does a running back become devalued? Because, like all the running backs said, even though they're in a pass happy league, uh, a lot of successful running team, a lot of successful teams do rely on the run, whether they run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run. The running game is still an integral part of the National Football League. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have six, seven guys uh, and maybe even more bursting a thousand yard rushing or carrying the ball 300 times a game. So teams are basically telling you by the volume of touches a running back get in both the passing and the running game that there's still a valuable entity into the overall success of the offense. But the fact that all of a sudden these owners have colluded that, hey, if we can take money away from one position, Let's take it away from the running back. You know, is a disservice to to the to the the volume of work they put in, the their talents and athleticism, and how short how much of a short shelf their lives are. Now, I will also add, you can find a lot of good running backs out there coming out of colleges. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not great ones, but you can find a lot of serviceable running backs. It's harder to find elite wide receivers elite cornerbacks and elite safety. Those positions have, 
have time and time again shown us that you don't you don't find those like you find running backs. Yep. You know, prime example. Look at what the Eagles do. Yeah. They tell you we run by committee. We feel that with our system and scheme, we don't need a Derrick Henry, a Josh Jacobs, a Saquon Barkley. And lo and behold, if we build inside out with the trenches, pay the guys up front the big money, our running game is still one of the top running games in the National Football League. Exactly. Yep. It's hard to argue against that. It really is. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Well, uh, I, I don't see it changing either. That's for sure. All right. Uh, so with Washington, it, there's always drama. So it, it's looking like the owners, the other owners, are going to approve the commander sale to Josh Harris's group. It's looking like that. They're in uh, Minnesota at the, the owners' meetings, and it, and it appears that's going to happen. In the meantime, as long as he's still here, you got his, you know, stink all over everything. But uh, Jason Friedman, who was a long time, he was there for 24 years with the team in, in ticket sales and marketing, had climbed the ladder organizationally. He is suing the organization uh, for defamation. Uh, 7.5 million is what he's seeking. Jeez. Uh, yeah, they uh, he, he had to testify that they cut corners, that they did a lot of different things. And then the team went about just disparaging him uh, you know, in, in, in their testimony of him anyway. So they, they say they welcome the lawsuit, but, but he's going after them for losing his job for he, they, he's in depression. You know, he's, it's created a lot of issues for him person on a personal level, but you know, Roger Goodell, like covered up for this guy, had this guy's back for years and years and years. I, I mean, was it really worth it? It was it really worth, I mean, I know you're afraid that he's got dirt on you. And all this other stuff, but man, you got in bed with a with a scoundrel you know, with, with this Daniel Snyder. Well, you can say the same thing about the thirty two owners because I'm sure they knew a lot about what he was doing yep. and some of the behind the scene antics, and they decided to look the other way. The yep. issue, if you really think about it, the issue really was impressed with him until people started coming forward, former cheerleaders suing the organization, former executives anonymously revealing tidbits about inside workings and and, and, and and offenses of the organization. Now, you can't tell me that when all these officials get together at their annual office season meetings and stuff, people don't talk because they do. Yeah. But until it was brought to the forefront, nobody decided to take a stance against Daniel Snyder. And then all of a sudden, when those text messages started being released, I mean, those emails started being released, then that's all of a sudden the league wants to take a stance. They bring in investigators, you know, and so on and so forth. And the more we sit here and wait for Daniel Snyder to officially be jettisoned from the ownership group, the more treachery you hear about this organization. Yep. Yeah. And you just wonder, like, <laughs> is it ever going to end? Uh, See, he, there, are, there are other organizations out there probably have just as much dirt. I guess. They, they do a better job of keeping it in-house. Maybe the owner treats the employees better, maybe. even those they have to let go, you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um couple other things. So Deshaun Jackson put out a tweet that people interpreted as him saying he's retiring. He then fired back. He's not retiring. I'll, you'll, he said, I'll let you know when your boy is going to retire. I don't know. Uh, he's still, he hung around last year. He ended up with Baltimore, uh, 641 catches, uh, 11,263 yards, 58 touchdowns. He took four punts uh, back to the house in his career. Um, he's had a heck of a career, but it, he, he appears to be on last legs here. He's 36 years old now. And I tell you what, he's probably still one of the fastest receivers in the national football league. Yeah. 
Um, I do believe he's still one of the best ball trackers in the game today. The only problem is he can't stay healthy. Yep. That's his biggest problem. And that's been a while, an issue for a while, too. Yeah. If you if you look at his if you look at his tenure in the National Football League since since he came back to Philadelphia in 2019, all right? Three games with the Eagles, 2020, five games with the Eagles, 2021 split with the Rams and the Raiders, nine and seven games. And then 2022 in Baltimore, seven games before he had another injury. Um, there's no question about it. He is a phenomenal talent, even at 36. If he's in shape, he could definitely help take the top off a of defense. There's no no doubt about it. But you don't know how long you're going to have him. You really don't. Mm-hmm. And I yep. think at this stage of his career, you know, you've made your money. You didn't get a ring, but you made your money. I mean, this guy, he came into the league in 2008. And he got through 2022. Right. You know, for a very smallish guy uh, who could help you sporadically, but unless you're coming in on a a, a veteran, low level type salary, um, I think your playing days are done. Because yeah. I don't, I don't see anybody paying you big money to come back. You know, it, you're still a talent, no question about it. I don't see anybody paying you big money to come back and play for them. If they were, you'd have been in somebody's camp already. Agreed. Agreed. All right. You pointed this out during our show meeting, which I thought was interesting. Um, Cowboys have more primetime games this year than the Eagles, Jets, and 49ers. How about that? And and I still don't understand for a team that hasn't gone deep into the playoffs, won a trophy in like 26 years, how are they still considered such a high volume commodity. And as we discussed it on the show, number one, they do still sell out that 80,000 seat stadium. They have for football sells out every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still one of the biggest TV draws in the national football league. Even the people on the outside looking in, and I mean, non-cowboy fans will tune in in droves to root against this team and watch them fall on their faces. Um, they're still a major draw in the national football league, but the fact that they have, more primetime games. Now, when we say primetime games, we're talking about 4, 425, 830, yes. Thursday night games. Yeah, it's not just nights. Yeah. It's 4, four o'clock, 425, L12. Yep. So, so I'm looking at their schedule. They have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 of their 17 games are primetime games. Yeah. 14 out of 17. And look, the Eagles have their fair share in fairness, but you're oh, right. No it's, about not, it. it's not him. Look, here's the thing about the Cowboys. Love them or hate them, and I certainly hate them. Uh, people tune in because they want to love or hate them. There's not apathy. Yes. You either yeah. hate them or you love them. There's there's very little in between. There's very few people who say, what do you think about the Cowboys? Eh, I don't know, whatever. It's either, exactly. oh, I can't stand them or I love them. So, you know, the truth is that's that's kind of what it is. I see uh, John Dickerson just tweeted, no Bryce Harper at first base tonight. Hey, I was just going to give you that one. So Harper's oh. not playing first. Yeah, he's not playing first. I, I Scott Lauber pointed this out, uh, who we've had on the show quite a bit. Uh, does yep. a great job covering the Phillies. Did you see Bryce Harper's numbers against Julio Tehran? No. He's 19 for 47 with nine home runs in his career. Oh. Oh. Huh? Nine home runs and 47 at bats against this guy. And, and who's pitching for the Brewers tonight? Tehran. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. That's what he's doing off of this guy. Julio Tehran. So, so how how disappointed if you will you be tomorrow if Bryce doesn't go 
three for four with a homer against Tehran tonight. Yeah, a little bit. Let me give you the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Schwarber's in left. Uh, Costi- or, uh, Turner's at sec- or a shortstop. Sorry, Castellanos is in right. Harper is DHing, so he's going to hit cleanup. Realmuto's catching, hitting fifth. Bryson Stott hits sixth at second base. Uh, Alec Bone gets to start at third. He hits seventh. Brandon Marsh is in center field. He hits eighth. And uh, Derek Hall will get to start at first base. He will bat ninth. So, yeah, again, Harper DHing. Hall is at first base. Schwarber is left field. I wonder. I wonder if we see it tomorrow. I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly uh, what the reasoning is behind that. They did say that Harper will start at first at some point in this series, but I'm sure there's a reason, right? And so it's just kind of where we're at at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad there's no rush to get Harper on first base. I just have this fear if you put him out there and he makes one of those under underhand side hand arm throws. All of a sudden, he's going to be grabbing that elbow, and oh yeah. my goodness, you yeah. know. I, I and I've said it before. I hope, the, I hope he doesn't play the field. To be honest, yeah. especially a position he's never played before, I don't. I don't think there's a need. I think you have enough people on that team that can play first base for them. Heck, they even move Bowman over to first base occasionally. Yes, you know, you got Hall, you got Bohm, you got other people that can play first base. Yeah, I don't see a need to put Harper there. To be honest, I understand you have a liability with a Schwarber playing left field in terms of range. I get that, but it worked for this team last year, all the way up into the world series. They're on a roll right now. So it's not like it's a, this glaring liability in terms of what they're doing. It got them up to this point. They're nine games over 500 right now. Yeah. Why mess up that continuity in chemistry right now? Well, I mean, look, I, I think it's I think you answered the question. I think they're so desperate to get Schwarber out of left field. I really do. I, I think that's the yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to do it. at the. It, it, obviously, you don't want to injure Harper doing it. But I think that's what it is. Um, all right. Let's uh, ready to do our greatest series. Buffalo Bills. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Western New York's finest. Yes, of course. We we yep. will. Uh, let's get on it. All right. So uh, you you go number one. You, cr- you get the first crack. I'm going to leave you the obvious one, and I'm going to move on to somebody else. I'm going to go with Bruce Smith. I think Bruce Smith was one of the greatest defensive ends that ever played the game. 200 career quarterback sacks. He had 171 in Buffalo alone. You know, eight-time All-Pro, uh, all 11-time Pro Bowler. Um, you know, in his 16th season in the league, in his 16th season, he had double-digit sacks when he was playing for Washington. I think what is that? Where's that stat? Um, Thirteen out of his nineteen seasons in the National Football League were double-digit sacks. Mm-hmm. First of all, I forgot he had played nineteen years in the league. Yeah, I, I, I you forget the Washington years, and you know yes. that, that's yeah. But I don't think I, I think when you talk about the greatest defensive ends to ever play in a game in the, in the National Football League, there's no question Bruce Smith is right in that conversation. Yes, I I look at it uh, with him. He's my number one, actually. I have him as my number one. Yeah, Um, you know, you mentioned it. Two hundred sacks, eleven times he was an All Pro with the Bills in their his fourteen years there. Yeah, two time Defensive Player of the Year, fifteen years just with the Bills. Uh, You know, this guy, this guy was a machine, and I think he's he's not overshadowed. But I, in my opinion, he was the second best of his era because just simply because Reggie White was was arguably the greatest defensive player that's ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah. But Bruce Smith was just insanity uh, personified. Um, so I'd have him one. I would go Jim Kelly too. I think is that who you had one? Yeah. I yeah. mean, look, the the guy thirty five thousand passing yards, two hundred and thirty seven touchdowns, uh, 
a great record, 101 and 59. I really wish he had won one. I really wish he had, and all those guys. I wish they had at least one under their belt and didn't always have that thrown back in their face because it's so hard to get there and to get there four times is, is almost impossible. Really, they should have had the first one against the Giants, the wide yeah. right. They should have had that one. It's a shame. But yeah, um, and Jim Jim Kelly's shown a lot of heart in his in his life, what he's overcome with the cancer and, and a lot of stuff lately. I thought you would put him at number one. Uh, yeah. That's why I said I, I was going to leave the obvious. Um, the fact that he, the, the only team in NFL history to get to four consecutive Super Bowls, he ran that K, he ran that K gun offense, which was named after tight end Keith McKellar, which was an up tempo, fast paced offense. And man, they ran it to perfection. Teams could not keep up with them. But you know, not only did he not win in four Super Bowls, but his playoff career record was nine and eight. Mm. You know, and he he was a Hall of Fame quarterback, no question about that. But you're right, he was the kind of guy. Even if you weren't rooting for him, you just wish he would have won one. Yeah, you know, for the sanity of his career. Uh, big guy, good strong arm, accurate thrower. Um, but yes, I, I think he's the best quarterback in, in Buffalo Bills history. So. If you're trying to if you're trying to put them in chronological order, then Bruce Smith would be one. Jim Kelly would be one A. Yeah. All right. Where you where you where you heading next? Uh, uh, O.J. Simpson. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. it's it, there, there's you can't deny. I mean, I, yeah, I know it's. Ish. The interesting thing is, um, he he was a a, a he, he 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 was drafted by Buffalo when they came off a one twelve and one season. And he was in at what was called the AFL-NFL common draft, and he was his first player taken. And the funny thing was, if they didn't pay him what he wanted, he was threatening to hold out and become an actor. And so Buffalo Buffalo stood their ground and said, we're not paying you that kind of money. So eventually they gave in because they knew he was just that good. Do you know what his first contract was in the National Football League, what he held out for? No, no, like an extra $5,000 or something. A five-year, six hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. Wow! Five the times years. have changed. Yes, he he hemmed and hawed about five years, six hundred fifty thousand. If you don't pay me what I want, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into acting instead. Coming out of USC, oh and lo and behold, the Bills gave in, and they turned as it turned out, it turned out to be uh, great for them because you know I think if I'm not mistaken, he was the first running back to surpass two thousand yards. He was nineteen seventy-three. Yep. Yep. You know. So I had to put O.J. Simpson on that list, no question. He was in Buffalo for nine years. Great running back for the Bills. He was. Uh, you know, four-time rushing champ uh, when he was there. He won the MVP that year that he rushed for 2,000 yards in 73, 10,000 yards, 57 touchdowns. We all know what happened afterwards. This is not this is oh. not character assessment. This is just what he, what kind of player he was when he was with the Bills. Let's <laughs> leave it at that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, here's where it got interesting. I went Andre Reid next. I think okay. he could have gone a couple different ways. I mean, Andre Reed, yeah. the guy played 15 years there. Uh, you know, 941 catches, 13,000 yards, 86 touchdowns. He, you know, he was Kelly's go-to guy in, in a lot of ways. He was tough. He would catch the ball over the middle. Yep. I, I, Andre Reed was a was a really good receiver. I I had a lot of respect for that dude in the way that he played. He got 65 of his touchdown catches he caught from Jim Kelly. Yeah. Oh, 15, 15 years with the same team. Yep. That's how much respect Buffalo had for him. Decent size receiver, 6'2, 290. Uh, great route runner. You know, like you said, hands, tough. Uh, didn't miss many games. No. Um, man, 
he he was a part of that. He was a, part, a tremendous part of their success back in the day. No question about it. And you know, look, great uh, underdog story. Went to Kutztown. You know, was a Division yeah. Two player. You know, good for him. You know, props to him. All right, who's your who's your next? Who else? You got? Uh, Thurman Thomas. Yes, to put Thurman Thomas on there. Uh, he was with Buffalo from 1988 to 1999. You know. Um, he was a great runner, but people forget he was also a, a great pass catcher as well. Perfect fit for that offense. Man, he had um, over 11,000 yards, almost 12,000 yards for Buffalo, which still stands as a team record. When you look at his 12-year career, he had over 16,000 yards from scrimmage. Okay? And, and, and 12,000 12,074 of that was rushing yards. Mm-hmm. So he had another 4,000-plus in receiving yards. He was like a little bowling ball, stout guy, um, you know, tough, hard runner. But like you said, couldn't put it better. He was a perfect fit for that offense in that time and era. Yeah, just so good. So good. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, he's another one. Like, they, all those guys, man, they all just kind of hit at the same time. It was an unbelievable job by their scouting staff to, to put all those guys together. Um, you know, this is where you go a couple different directions. I, yeah. I I'm a big Cornelius Bennett fan, Me too. Yeah. Uh, you know, 793 tackles, 52 and a half sacks, six interceptions. He was another defensive player of the year. He could do a lot of different things. Uh, he was very versatile. Yeah. Um, I, I, w- I would definitely throw him in there for sure. Um, he spent 14 seasons in the National Football League, 71 and a half sacks. He has seven interceptions, 31 forced fumbles, 27 fumble recoveries. Three touchdowns. He was a long rangey outside linebacker uh, type player, um, and he he had a, he got a lot. They got a lot out of him in his career. Spent his first two years in the league in Buffalo uh, in the Indy before Indy traded him to Buffalo. And once he got to Buffalo, is where he really made a name for himself, and his career took off. Yeah, it, it's man. You talk about an ultimate kick yourself <laughs> if you're Indy. Man, the way that he blossomed when he when he got out of there. Oof. Oh, um, all right, I'll go. I didn't see him much, but I respect you know, what I, what I've read and know Joe DeLamalore as, as yes. offensive guard. I mean, you know, he was one of the guys who was blocking up for Reggie along with Raleigh McKenzie in that group, right. Or Reggie yeah. McKenzie and that group. Uh, but six time pro bowler, uh, you know, hall of fame guy, anybody who watched him talked about how, how good this guy was. So I, I would throw him in there. Joe DeLamalore. When he was there, the offensive line was referred to as the electric company. Yep. Because they were the offensive line and opened the holes for OJ to, to rush for 2,003 yards in a season. Um, he was a six time Pro Bowler and six time All Pro. Yeah. You know, just rock solid on, on an un- unbelievable offensive line. Arguably the best offensive line of that era when he was mm-hmm. there. But you're right. He was definitely on my list. Um, I, I also had to put on the list outside linebacker Daryl Talley. You know, Talley played 12 yes. years in Buffalo. Um, man, he, he's the all-time leading tackler for that team with 1,137 uh, tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had 38 and a half sacks. Um, he could do it all. He could do. It. He averaged over his career 120 tackles a season. Yeah, yeah, That's phenomenal. <laughs> that is that for his career. That wasn't just a career high. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. You know, you could. They had a couple of special teams guys you could think about. Steve Tasker. Yes, w- w- was a great special teamer. Uh, you know, Don BB, you know, some of those kind of guys you could throw in there. Another one, and he didn't he didn't play there that long, but Cookie Gilchrist was was really good. Yes. The running absolutely. back. Yep. You can also put in a guy like named Jerry Hughes. Jerry yeah. Hughes was an outstanding defensive end for them. 
He had 67 career sacks, 53 of his sacks were with Buffalo. Yeah, he was uh, great. He started out as a DN, and when mm-hmm. Buffalo switched to a 3-4 front, they moved him to outside linebacker. He didn't miss a beat. He was yeah. just as effective as an outside linebacker as he was a DN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would – look, that's that's everybody I got. Did you did anybody else you, you want to throw that's in it. there? That's okay. it. All right, uh, good list. Uh, it was fun. Like I said, we'll keep that going uh, as we as we creep towards training camp here for the Eagles about a week out. All right, so we'll come back. A uh, couple things. We'll tell you who's in the running for the Jeff Van Gundy job with ABC uh, and Mike Breen and that crew with uh, with Van Gundy being out of there. One very familiar, two very familiar names actually. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, we got birthdays. We got movies. We got all of that in store. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I'm going to talk to you right now about Razor Technology and identity management because with cyber threats like ransomware on a seemingly endless uptick and the risk of a breach or data loss higher than ever, the need to know just who is accessing your network systems and applications is mission critical. Identity management from Razor Technology is a holistic framework of policies and technologies that lock down access to the right users for only the right reasons. They deploy cutting-edge solutions that identify, authenticate, and monitor access across your entire IT system. Razor Technology determines how users gain an identity in your system, what roles they need to fill, and enforces access controls with network protocols, digital certificates, behavioral analysis, and secure authentication methods. Talk to Razor Technology today to learn how to identify management and reduce the risk of data breaches while avoiding costly errors and downtime due to lack of access. Contact Razor Technology at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank. 
the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, I fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. final segment of the show we appreciate you hanging out if you could uh hit that like button uh he's Derek Gunn I'm Rob Ellis all right so we know that Jeff Van Gundy uh was part of the ESPN layoffs um it, there were a lot a lot of folks got got the axe unfortunately I thought Van Gundy was an excellent uh, analyst I would assume he pops up with Turner and if they're smart they'll pair him with his brother uh, and a play-by-play guy could make for a very entertaining booth. That would be my guess. I had no idea if that's where it's going to go, but I can't believe he won't. He'll be out of work very long. Um, all right, so what we're hearing is the favorites in the clubhouse, Derek, to replace him are Doris Burke, Richard Jefferson, J.J. Redick, and Doc Rivers. Now, keep in mind, Doc Rivers and Mike Breen are very tight from back in the day uh, when Doc was a Nick player and during his broadcasting days as well. J.J. Reddick's done a lot of work uh, both in the, uh, you know, in the studio and uh, on games, as has Doris Burke. She's been part of the number two team with Mark Jones. And Richard Jefferson's done his fair share as well, and he does Nets games for Yes Network, I think they're on. Uh, but anyway, so that's your – they're at least what we're hearing – your four candidates to replace uh, Van Gundy. I, I would say JJ Reddick and Doris Burke would be your lead candidates because they're already employed by ESPN. But if you're talking about bringing uh, Jefferson is too, FYI. If you're talking about bringing Doc Rivers, isn't it counterproductive of what you wanted to do in terms of deleting money? Cause you're not bringing in Doc Rivers cheap. Right. So you got rid of a lot of cheap salaries, a lot of a big salaries to get rid of like $5 billion, 7,000 employees. Why would you bring in Doc Rivers? I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good analyst, but why would you bring him in? He's going to cost you seven figures to bring him in. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It it would seem to me if you're really just cost-cutting, you you let all those folks go and you just elevate people who are already in-house. Exactly. If that's what it's all about. I don't know that that's what it's all about. I really don't. I, who knows? I mean, what you could do all that. You're bringing in Pat McAfee for 15 million. It's it's, I don't know exactly what the model is here. Um, you don't, let go of, you just don't let go of Max Kellerman, Su- 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 Susie Culver. Um, these are staples of your network. Now you could have said, we need you to take pay reductions. If you want to say, here's the thing. And from what I was, what I found out is a lot of the people that they let go on air, their contracts are not necessarily up right now. Their contracts still have some 
Yeah. It could be six months or a year left on it. So you're still paying them. I know. It, 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 I know some people like Kenny Maine. Yeah. For example, they offered him a, a reduction. I think it was like 60%, you know, which is, you know, a significant number. It's still a lot more than most people make a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Still. So he decided, you know what? I've, I'm just kind of ready to do something else. And he went and did something else. Yeah. Yeah. So fine. I mean, but yeah, I don't know who they offered a, a, a cut to or not. I'm not, I don't know if they offered. It seems to me like they're just, they're hemorrhaging a little bit and looking to really save some money. But that said, well, like if, you said, why are you looking at, you know, bringing in new people? If you if you kind of read between the lines, as Susie Colbert said, looking forward to my next project, it sounds like she's going to get out of TV the way Michelle Tafoya did. Yep. and move on to some other type of venture product or in, uh, 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 or interest. Uh-huh. So, you know, she talked about how being in a business for, what, 38, uh, 28 years uh, for a woman is phenomenal. Um, now it's time to move on with a different project. So kudos to her. You know, you get to a point, maybe, you know, when, when you have it in hand, you keep doing it because it's second nature to you. But when you're forced to make career decisions, sometimes you don't want to keep doing what you were doing. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know what I think? Um, also, when you've been around as long as some of those folks have, and you've made sure. very nice money for 25 oh. plus years, oh. you're in a position to have options and make choices. Yes. So they can do things that maybe some others can't do. So that's you know where you can branch off onto your own and do, like look i give i give guys like dan patrick a lot of credit they went out and just did their own thing and have had a great deal of success by doing it um uh, you know levitard left there and went out and did his own thing some some guys have been able to do that and i think that yep. may be the model for some of these folks if they if they if they want to or they just want to go chill and that's fine too exactly you know? take a year off chill collect your thoughts have the type of freedom you haven't had in your, in your entire career. Right. And get back in the saddle. Your name is still relevant a year from now. Yeah. And, and look, some of them may not want, maybe they've lived in Bristol, their whole Connecticut for the last 30, 40 years, and they want to go live somewhere else, you know? <laughs> and if that's the case, I don't blame I them would. either. I, I yeah. would. Yes. Yeah. There, there are very little going on there. All right. So, um, Aaron Donald becomes the most decorated Madden nine ninety nine uh, club member. Did you know this? So he became, yes, uh, on, th- on on today. He's being given the top rating in the video game for the seventh time in his career. He passed Peyton Manning, who had been a 99 in Peyton six times. He's been a, now he's a uh, Aaron Donald's a 99 seven times in, in, in his career. That's pretty good. He shares the title with Brady and Von Miller. Not bad. I, I, I've never understood why players get up and roar about these ratings <laughs> on a video game. There's yeah. some players that have come out and been irate on social media about their low, disrespectful ratings. Hello, yeah. it's a video game. <laughs> what do you care about what some video game does in terms of rating you? I could care less if that was me. The tone says because they grew up on the game. So what? Yeah. If they rated me, whatever, so what? Why would I care? Why do I need to sound off on social media? Yeah, I, 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 I think it. You know, they they do go overboard with the video game rating a little bit. It is, it is. And if you're, you know, you there's the whole cover, the whole cover jinx, and all those kind of things. I mean, there's there's a lot made up of it for sure. 
for sure. Great but, conversation, that's for sure. Oh, no doubt. Listen, no doubt. And it's um, certainly anybody's worthy of it. It's Aaron Donald, the kind of yes. career that he's had. Absolutely. All right, ready to do a little birthdays? Yeah, why not? Right, let's do it. Uh, Nelson Mandela, uh, born on this day in 1918. Of course, uh, you know, what, what that man went through and to come out and not be bitter, uh, nothing short of amazing uh, as a human being. And live they, the, put that, they put that man in prison for 27 years trying to silence him. But once his, once his cause, anti-apartheid, uh, had a voice, um, I don't think South Africa was ready for the people who were nope. coming and stepped to the forefront to back him to the point where he finally had to do away with it. But he spent like 27 years of his life in jail. Yeah. Uh, and trying to silence him. An amazing uh, study in, in just strength. Uh, yeah. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, uh, Vin Diesel, uh, of course, yes. the, the actor and, and Fast and Furious fame, 56 years old today for Vin. Uh, Kristen Bell, the actress, is 43 today. Joe Torre, the longtime manager in Major League Baseball, uh, won a bunch of World Series with the Yankees. He's 83 today. Torrey Hunter, former baseball player, very good outfielder, uh, is 48 today. Yep. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, the, uh, yep. the boxer, Mexican boxer. boxer. Yeah, 33 yep. years old. Um Great, another great American, uh, John Glenn, uh, yep. born in 1921. Uh, Elsa, Earth. Yep, uh, yep, and just just an, uh, his man, go, his life story is pretty remarkable. Mm. Elsa Pataki, the uh, the actress, uh, is 47 years to, old today. Richard Branson, the businessman, uh, Virgin Airlines, is 73 today. Actress Kelly Riley is 46 years old today. Uh, Gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson was born in 1937. Uh, Elizabeth McGovern, the actress, is 62 today. Uh, Chase Crawford, uh, he is the brother-in-law of Tony Romo. He is the actor, 38 years old. Penny Hardaway is 52 today. Yeah. Uh, still yeah. coaching Memphis. Yeah. Uh, James Brolin, the actor, is 83 today. Red Skelton. The old actor comedian is was born on this day, nineteen thirteen. Good uh, night, and may God bless. <laughs> in every, every show, that's how he did every show. Good night, yeah. and may God bless. Yeah, he was a character uh, for sure. Um, Michael Huseman uh, is forty-two today. The actor uh, Dion, the singer, Philly, South Philly guy, is eighty-four today. Sixers guard Patrick Beverly, thirty-five yep. years old today uh Anne marie johnson the actress yeah. is 63 today in living colors yeah in living color she was in uh oh what was the uh what was the robert townsend movie that i loved hollywood shuffle, she hollywood was in shuffle. That too. yeah um hume cronin the actor was born on this day 1911 uh bam Adebayo is 26 years old today mm. uh who'd i miss on the birthday list um let's see uh molly brown born in 1867 one of the survivors of the Titanic was a socialite um, and an actress as well. Survived okay. the Titanic, was born on this day, 1867. Yep. Uh, James Norton, who played in the movie Flatliners, Rogue Agent, 38 today. Virgil Earp, one of the Earp, the Earp brothers back in the old Wild Wild West uh, days, born on this day in 1843. He was a lawman, actually. Yeah, that, that way he was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amber Childers. Uh, from the show Ray Donovan. I used to love that show, Ray Donovan. That's a good show. 35 yeah. today. Uh, country and blues singer Ricky Skaggs, 69 today. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Forbes, Forbes Magazine, founder of Forbes Magazine, 76. 
Um, Audrey Landers from the old show, one of the all-time most successful dramas on TV, Dallas. Okay. Six to seven a day. Nice. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, a filmmaker who basically did films like RoboCop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, Hollow Man, Basic Instinct, 85 today. Jeez. Uh, it's a good, it's a good Nelson, resume. Man. Yeah. Harriet Nelson from the old show, uh, Ozzy and Harriet, mm-hmm. back in the 60s. Uh, born on this day. You ever see the show Ozzy and Harriet? She was the mother, right? She was yeah. the mother. And they, they were really their kids, right? Weren't yeah. they really their kids yeah. in real life? Yeah. Ricky Nelson. Remember Ricky Nelson was yeah. the same thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, born on this day in 1909. Martha Reeves, the singer, 82 years old today. Okay. Uh, Calvin Pete, uh, the first black golfer to have success in the PGA Tour, won eight PGA titles uh, before there was a guy named Tiger Woods. That's right. Uh, yeah, He's people should recognize that name more than they do. He right. was Rodney Pete's uncle. That's right. You're right. Yep. And, yep. And, he, and, you know, you, you hear the story about what he had to overcome just to be able to play in certain tournaments. Lee Elder and him went through a yep. ton back in the day. Certain yep. parts of the country. You know, yep. it wasn't, wasn't easy. Yep. Uh, Nick Faldo, another golfer, 66 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, former quarterback Derek Anderson, 49 today. Uh, Deion Branch, former wide receiver, two-time Super Bowl champion, 44. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Ward, who uh, who made his claim to fame with the 49ers, now with uh, D'Amico Ryan's down in Houston, is 32. And I saved him for last because he just happens to be from Racine, Wisconsin. Thank you very there much. There you go. I did. You worked it in. Good work out of you. All right. Let's go quickly through the movies here. Uh, Dark Knight, uh, 2008. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, 2001. Bad Boys 2, 2003. Yeah. Aliens, the sequel. Great movie. 86. Uh, Arachnophobia, 1990. Mamma Mia, 2008. You got any other ones uh, before we get out the door? Uh, the Purge Anarchy, 2004. The Purge movies are pretty good. They are. And then uh, the other one was Johnny English, 2003. Okay. All right. That'll do it. Want to thank uh, Tone, Tone DeShields. Great job, Tone. Producer the program. Tone. Thank you, Tone. A thank you to everybody in the chat section. We appreciate you guys as always. Everybody streaming, uh, everybody listening. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, We're back at it tomorrow. Same time. Don't go anywhere. You have three hours coming your way of the national football show with Dan Cilio. Uh, So uh, Phillies tonight, Derek, and uh, we'll certainly dive deep into them in six days until training camp uh, starting up tomorrow. So everybody enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We're looking forward to hanging out with you guys tomorrow. We'll do it. Same bat time, same bat channel for Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. Thanks for hanging everybody. See you tomorrow. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.